Yolks, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're getting in touch with our better halves. Or maybe we're just going to the beach. So keep out of the Hall of Mirrors. And don't run with scissors. Because today we're bringing you... Us! Us was released on March 22nd, 2019, just four days ago as of this recording. Uh, is on a small $20 million budget and has so far made $80 million worldwide. Uh, that's basically just an opening weekend, which is the number one horror opening weekend of all time. It is? I, I believe so. I did not know that. Um, I, I thought I read that somewhere. I could be wrong, for but I, I know it took film. for an original. I can fact check and it, and it, Halloween it took opened a title with 76 from, million. There we go. That's what it was. Thank you, John. Uh, I got a 90. It's currently sitting at a 94% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 70% audience rating, and an 81 on Metacritic. We are joined today by none other than the genius behind the Pixar theory, uh, film extraordinaire, uh, from the internet in California, John Negroni. Hey guys, what's up? Eleven Eleven, make a wish. Well, oh God, God, please. I'm so scared. <laughs> I made so many wishes during this movie. Did you? <laughs> Yeah. Did you? <laughs> that was the best possible intro. Oh man. So how you been, John? It's been a it's been a year hey, almost. Guys, I've been good. I've been good. I've been listening to lots of bacon and eggs every morning. You know, which means I have to listen to Every morning you listen to our once. show? No, but I'm sure <laughs> every day would be much more better if I did. I'm sure it would, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, Tyler, do you have a positive review? for us real quick i would rather hear your negative review so that's a big fat no (laughs) no i just i just i just want to hear yours so i've got a negative review from matthew lacona of the san diego reader who says the result is bloody but weirdly bloodless a sort of thinky exercise in horror filmmaking there's more juice in the laughs than the scares one out of five this does not deserve a one out of five uh you're right that's generous (laughs) (laughs) all right let's hear a positive review Bud. Here's my positive review. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. That's an 11 out of 11 from Jeremiah, right? Yeah, that's an 11 out of 11 (laughs) from Jeremiah. The first binary (laughs) review, technically. That's right. That's right. No, I've got uh, Peter Rayner, Christian Science Monitor. A uh, big fan of the film. Ambition in the horror genre can be a good thing, but the overreach in this movie detracts from both the horror and the ambition. Having said that, Peel shows marked advance in filmmaking skills here, and in her dual row, Nyong'o is ferociously good. I pretty much agree with every point made here. Well, let's did get you into say it. Then. One out of five was generous. Cause, cause <laughs> I did, <laughs> but he, I, I know, I know. Hold on, there. I was making a joke. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Got me yes. a little scared. Now, More scared than Now, I want to... Ethan, who's the binary review even bought, brought to you by? Because I want to talk binary. Our Bacon and Eggs binary review is brought to you, as always, by Carlin Brothers Coffee. Always a one. John, do you like coffee? I do, Ethan. I drink coffee every day. Have you ever thought about getting Carlin Brothers Coffee? Do you know what it is? I have Carlin Brothers Coffee. And you I have Carlin Brothers Carlin Coffee. Brothers Coffee. You didn't know this. I also love Carlin Brothers Coffee. I didn't know this. I, I guess not because we've never talked about it before. No, we haven't. Um, yeah. Well, so Carlin Brothers Coffee makes 
fantastic coffee for fantastic people by fantastic people. Uh, it's, it's some of the best coffee I've personally ever had delivered to me in a bag. Um, and you know, they're great coffee all over the world, but not most of it you can't get in a bag at your house, especially not through the mail. You got to go to a store, something like that. Carlin Bros Coffee, you don't have to go to a store. You can get it anytime, as many times a month as you want. Delicious, beautiful coffee, beautiful tea. Wake your day up right. Carlin Bros Coffee is excellent. And if you want to get some right now, you can go to carlinbrotherscoffee.com slash discount slash bacon or use promo code bacon at checkout, and it gets 10% off your order. That includes the tea, it includes the cold brew, which is cold brewed coffee that comes already made in a bottle. It's uh, apparently twice as strong as normal coffee, which is a terrifying thing because I've just definitely taken a couple bottles of that straight to the face. Um, hmm. That's horrifying. Now, anyway, you know, so if you want to get some cold brew, yeah. I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you, but you didn't mention the best thing about Carlin Brothers Coffee. What is that? Well, okay, so the first bag I ever got was from Ben himself. He sent me some. And, you know, I like I like my coffee ground, you know, finely ground, because yeah. I do the pour-over setup. I don't know how you do it. But when they send it to you... I like my coffee... You don't have to... Like I like my... What? <laughs> well, I was going to say... You don't have to actually grind the coffee yourself because it comes that way. And that's the best part because that's how I like to do it. And other places, they send it to you and I don't have a grinder at home. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I'm not that old. <laughs> oh, I went out and bought a coffee grinder specifically to get the bean coffee as opposed to the ground coffee. I prefer the ground coffee. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not your maid. Like, someone someone needs to send me my coffee <laughs> pre-cut so we can get the show on Pre-cut. I need it pre-ground. Carlin Brothers Coffee is a one. Anyway, go to carlinbrotherscoffee.com and order code or use code BACON at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. Coffee, tea, cold brew, mugs, t-shirts, whatever you want. Get some right now. Tag us in a picture of you drinking the coffee because we want to know how delicious you find it. Anyway. Yes. Let's get on with our binary review of this movie. Tyler. Okay. I have to say it. This is the first one in a while. This movie's a zero. Listen, no. I know what you're going to say. It's an excellent film. It's an Oscar-worthy performance from a strong person of color lead. Uh, it's 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 creative and original. It is making me afraid of every cave on the planet Earth. And for that reason, you know, I understand the Oscar-worthy performance, but I don't think you should pay money to be horrified of caves or of anything below ground. So you know what? If you don't do horror, I don't think you should see this movie. I think you should, even if you don't do horror, you should see Get Out. I don't think you have to see this one. That's my zero. You don't have to see it. Okay, John, how do you... Oh, you're drinking right now. You're drinking a Moscow Mule? <laughs> no, I'm drinking uh, Maker's Mark. Oh, okay. Nice! <laughs> that was not what I expected, but... Does the does the copper mug add something to it? Yeah, it keeps it nice and chilled without having to use ice. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. I should not take another sip so I can... Sir, what was your question, Ethan? Binary What's review. your binary review? Binary review? One or a zero? Uh, I'd have to say it's a one, 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 one. Oh, my God. Are we going to get past that at some point? Or no? Is that just going to keep being funny the whole time? Well, like the movie, it's got to double up, right? You can't just do it one time. It's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, double up. Gosh. Uh. Uh. Yeah, it's it's a one 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 because and you know you guys know this I I do the Cinemaholics podcast I, I watch a lot of films I've seen about forty or fifty films in twenty nineteen so far and yeah, all I gotta say me on that. is that this is the best film that I have seen all year and it's probably one of the best films I've seen since maybe last summer so it is absolutely wonderful and everyone should watch this movie period no I can't I cannot I, I actually a hundred percent agree with that, that recommendation I am not a horror guy normally um I thought this was one of the most because we can go back and forth on whether or not get out actually qualifies as horror people like it to is. make 
yeah, people may like to make comments one way or the other. It's it's not a particularly scary movie. I think here's my thing about Get Out. I think Get Out is a horror movie because of its third act. I think Us is a horror movie because of all three acts. As far as an out and out horror movie goes, this is one of the, if not the best horror movie I've seen in a long, long time. I, I totally agree. I'm I'm definitely not arguing that point. So I think I think this movie deserves your, your dollar. I think it deserves your your watch. I think that if you're somebody that likes films, if you're somebody that's maybe trying to get into horror movies, I think this is a good place to start. I think that this is a solid, solid film, and I, I'm very glad to see that Jordan Peele didn't hit us with a big old sophomore slump. Because that is happens. that a big thing with horror films? No, it's just a thing with things. Lots really? of directors I, I, mess it up on the second time around. Yeah, or third. Interesting. It's like it could have very easily been, you know, Get Out was just sort of lightning striking him, getting really lucky, getting everything right, and this proves to me that he can do it again. And uh, mm-hmm. he's going to be awesome with the Twilight Zone. I'm very excited about the Twilight Zone. I don't know that I'll watch it because I'm a scaredy cat. The Twilight but Zone I'm is ex- not scary. I don't know. He'll make it scary. Us was scary. I don't. I don't think his Twilight Zone will be will be horrifying. I still. I'm wrapping my know. head around this. This zero coming from Tyler Carlin because we're, we're normally on the same page. He's and afraid of it. Listen, he's afraid of it. Yeah, it scared me. It's because it's horror. I cannot recommend it because because since we've reviewed it, members of the Bacon and Eggs community have approached both Ethan and I and said, "I won't see it because I'm scared of horror movies." And I think there's an easy argument to be made, especially for movies like Get Out, where it's like, oh, I mean, if you're afraid of horror, like, I mean, well, yeah, well, whatever, you're gonna be too bad with this. But this, like, I, I'm staying up at night four days later still because this movie scared me so much because it shook me to the core. I sat in this movie, it was a 10 o'clock showing, I was by myself in a theater I'd never been to, it was very cold in the theater, Alan, I know you're listening and you work at the theater, I'm not mad, it's Mm. okay, bro. What theater did you go to? I went to Salem 8. You'd never been there? I'd never been to Salem 8. That's wild. Okay. Um, so I was very cold in the theater. I was I was shivering. I, you remember in Get Out how uh, the lead like scratches into the chair and then fills his ears with cotton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If there was cotton in those chairs, I probably could have filled my ears with it because I was just scratching at the chairs for two hours straight. I was shivering. I was so You're naming scared all the reasons cold. I would I love this movie. Uh, right, and, and 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 if you like that feeling, then I think you should go see it. I I'm with you 100 percent there. But the binary review is should everyone go see this and it, it no you shouldn't if, see, if that I would makes agree you uncomfortable you, if that was the only thing this movie was doing if it was <clears> only <throat> scaring you i'd be like you know that's a good point tyler but it isn't the only thing this movie do is doing it's actually making you think extremely deeply which is why people should see it because it's a smart movie too right it is a smart movie three days later my girlfriend and i were still having conversations about it and i, I felt blessed to be able to have conversations about a horror movie that the the, the story stood up enough that the plot made sense enough that you can that you can look at it on a second, a third, a fourth, a deeper level instead of just going like, "Well, that could never happen." Thanks, the nun. Right. Thanks, devil. Well, well Tyler. <laughs> hey, I like devil. Tyler. Well, yeah. On that like note, devil. what horror movies do you like, Tyler? Carlin? Like, what's a binary one for you? Horror movie. I would wise? say Get Out. I'll take any elevator okay. movie. Uh, I Am Legend. Uh, okay. All right. A little bit more of an action thriller with horror as a subgenre. But all right. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly don't watch a lot of horror because of this reason. What about the classics, like you know, Halloween, Rosemary's Baby, Exorcist. Uh, I have not seen any of the Halloween movies. I've never seen Exorcist. Uh, I haven't seen any of the what was the ones Leo did? Leo did it. Uh, DiCaprio, Shutter Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Shutter Island. Holy yes. crap! Uh, the Birds. I like the Birds. I like Shutter one. Island. What about Psycho? Jaws. Jaws is good. I haven't seen Psycho. Okay. Uh, because it's horror. <laughs> I like. <laughs> 
I haven't seen The Shining because it's horror. Sounds like you're uh, just biased against horror, which you know what? I, I, I right. totally, See, he's I allowed totally to get away am. with this. He's allowed to get away with But I when totally I say something, am. when I say something zero because I don't like the way it was made or whatever, I'm, everybody's just like, God, you're just being closed-minded. No, 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 you are being closed-minded. Animated movies are awesome. Uh, I just don't love animated movies the same way I love live-action movies. It takes them away from it for me. It's the same thing you're saying right now. Yeah, but this is because like I, I have a deep visceral emotional response that makes it's, me extremely uncomfortable in the theater. As opposed to like, I mean, they did this on a computer. So like, how great could it be? Uh, Is there a term for this? Like movies, like movie genres that just don't work for you you know because you you know some people have blind spots so that's a term for for you this mm-hmm. is the movie like oh animated movies just something about it you know or horror movies i can't enjoy them for me it's probably mm, really gross gaspar noe film noe films i can't stand those but i don't know ethan can't do biopics either oh. no i can i just don't Wait, no, what? That's a, that's do, a good example. I do biopics just fine. You do? Yeah. Like no, I don't, I don't like... Biopics or... I don't like... Um... Ooh, Ethan can't do musicals. I can do musicals. Greatest Showman. Okay, that's one example that I did not love. It's not a very Mama good movie. Mia. Oh, I can't do those dog purpose things. Nah. Oh, yeah. Can't no, no, the... the, the, the I, I don't like... I don't like, uh, like memoirs by rich white people like books okay like i don't like lo- i don't you, love that kind of book i don't care about the movies like, like i do movies stuffy period piece kind of things or no no but like the recent saying. like like amy poehler writing a book about how much great it is to be amy poehler oh yes like, please. I, everybody loves those books and i just do not mm-hmm. um I, I think on the whole we could probably make a couple fewer biopics maybe it's just kind of like the thing that's happening right now but so, John, I have, a, I have a question for you, though. You you saw how many movies last year? Like, like 7,000? 7,000. Wow. Give or take, right? Uh, no, <laughs> no it, was, saw... it was 170-something, right? Yeah, yeah. N- new films. Yeah. I saw 160-something, I want to say. I don't remember. Gotcha. Exactly. And and you've seen, you said 60 this year? It's more like 40 to 50. I forget the exact number. Yeah, I have my yearly rankings up, so I haven't updated them in a little bit. Fair enough. And how many of those were horror movies? Because that's like a lot of what comes out every year. Good question. Let's see. So horror movies that have come out in 2019, I think there was, I guess you can't really count Glass. You could have maybe counted Split a while back, but even then, that's not quite. I Um, felt like Split was pretty horror. I saw Split. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it feels more like a thriller to me, but... Yeah. Eighth grade, that's horror. Yeah. I feel like the last horror <laughs> film I saw was actually probably The Nun, which doesn't Ooh. feel like it was that long ago, right? So there's not a lot. Yeah, Halloween was pretty recent as well, but that was also like 2018. But And then there was there were a couple of horror films that came out in January that I just didn't see them. because So just, yeah, like, you, you just don't watch a ton of the like the, the D-list horror movies that come out. Well, I did watch Horror Noir, which was a documentary about horror films as told through black representation since like Night of the Living Dead, really since the very beginning of history. It's on Shudder. Oh, I love Night of the Living Dead. That is a wonderful documentary to check out. Horror Noir, it actually features Get Out and Jordan Peele is one of the uh, the people they talk to in that documentary and it's amazing. Fair enough. Well, that was, that was going to be my question is how does this rank up against like, you know, all the horror movies that come out? Because like, if you go to if you go to Redbox yeah. right now, if you can find one that's still in existence, I guarantee you 75% of the movies in Redbox are horror movies you've never heard of. Right, Yeah, right. horror movies starring Tara Reid. You know, like, American Fry seventy five. I spit mm-hmm. on your grave twelve. Crap there are like a lot that. of it's shocky like C level horror B movies, right? For me, one of one of my favorite films of twenty fifteen. This is my second favorite film of that year. Was It Follows, and I've loved a lot of other horror films since. You know, this came out right before It Follows, but The Babadook, The Witch, 
I, I liked It Comes a Night in Hereditary. The the, these are all really great horror films, especially if you're Tyler Carlin and you're scared of horror. But these are like really like thinking yeah. horror films that really go super deep. Like they're super on the nose about their commentary. And then, of course, Get Out and so on. But this movie, Us, I think is the best horror film since It Follows. So in the last five years. Okay. Fair enough. I have not seen I have not seen It Follows. Oh, um, okay. I Same just kind of missed that one. Same okay. cinematographer as us, uh, Michael Geolocus. And okay, okay, yeah. Is he big on height based perspe- per- perspective? Uh, a little bit because he in that movie, that movie's whole like color scheme is water. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of like distortion of the human body and height through the way you're submerged in water. So I, I think you should see it, Tyler, because it's scary, but it's also it's more tense and suspenseful than it is like oh you know we're in a haunted house. It's nothing like that. Can I, okay, let me. Let me put it See, in terms. See, that's how I would have that... described this movie, though. It's tense yeah, I, I, and suspenseful. As, as would I. I mean, do you remember, Ethan, you were an amusement park guy. I don't know about you, John. Uh, have you ever been to an amusement park with somebody and they were like, no, 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 I, I don't do roller coasters? And you were like, oh, no, you do do roller coasters. You just don't know how much you love them. Well, that was my parents. That was my parents talking to me when I was yeah. seven. Okay. Right. <laughs> have you ever had the. We used to go to the amusement park like three times a week. Like we'd go all the time to Bush Gardens in Williamsburg. Kings Dominion we, for me. Yeah. Yeah. But we lived down the street from it when, when Ethan and I lived together. Yeah. Have you ever gone and you've been like telling somebody that and you take them on the roller coaster and they get off and they're like, no, I literally hated every second of that experience. Uh, I, I don't I don't like it. I told you before I wouldn't like it. And now that it's happened, I didn't like it. Right. Yeah. I, I know stubborn people for sure. And uh, I was one of them. <laughs> I, my thing was loops. The loops freaked me out. I didn't want to do the, the loops. Loopy. messed me up. Yep. But then when I was 10, finally, I was like, you know what? Y'all were right the whole time. Roller coasters are rad. I do love roller coasters. See, that's the thing is I am absolutely like Fortnite golf horrified of heights. Like I do not do heights well, especially like sort of reasonable. Like if I look down off like a four story building, I, I will probably just vomit. I can't look up at a four story building. Um, That's a fun fact. And so people are like, how, how do you do roller coasters though? And I'm like, it's just, I'm locked in, man. Like there's nothing I can do to me. I'm, so, beat, plus, I'm beating the die, height. I'm like, facing what, the fear. What, what can I do to stop it at that point? So what right. you're saying, Tyler, is that yeah. you were expecting this movie to sort of wake you up to horror and be like, oh, I do like horror because I sit, sat through this experience, but that did not happen for you, I'm assuming? I, I, I do not feel any closer to subjecting myself to horror again. I would watch this movie again, uh, right. but I don't like any new movie that comes out. I'm still going to pick almost anything else over watching it again. Or we're watching a new uh, horror movie. Like, honestly, when I got to the theater, I was like, can I just go see Captain Marvel again? <laughs> but <laughs> I did see Captain Marvel again the second time. And, uh, was it great both times? It was pretty great both times. And crazy thing, I did a, a double feature because I saw that and then I saw Shazam, which was a fun little double Captain Marvel. To repeat this, this episode's theme of doubles. Uh, that, that was yes. pretty great. So wait, hang on. Before we move on real quick, is Shazam actually good? Yeah, it's hilarious. Really? Yeah, okay. I saw it with one of my good buddies, and we were laughing the whole time, laughing, crying, high-fiving at the end. It was great. Okay, cool. I'm excited I, for I'm it. also excited for it, because based on the previews, it looks like a total dumpster fire. What? Yeah. Nah, it's funny. It's did... really funny. That's good. That's good. Okay. It that's what have, DC needed. It doesn't have a cool cat with a cool name or anything, but that's okay. I mean, they can't all there's have- There's no cats. They can't all have There's cats. no cats in Captain Marvel either. You're right. Yeah, there's only flurkins. Just one. That's flirkin. a flurkin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a cat somewhere. Someone has a cat. I saw something today that was like, everybody knows, everybody's on the same page, right? The Potter family had a cat. <laughs> and I was like- <laughs> You think Lily and James were not dog people? Come on, uh, their best friend was Sirius Black. I mean, I mean that's the thing though is if you give that if you give J.K. Rowling enough time to ruminate on that, there will be oh, man. 
like Crookshanks Potter is... the cat. Well, no, it'd be Crookshanks. <laughs> She's like, you know who really liked pussy in the Harry Potter world? Hello. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Dobby. Dobby did. Or I need like a, just a rim shot. Anyway, oh, so, so don't say rim shot. <laughs> we haven't really talked about us. Like I know, specifics. I know, I know. I do want to talk about us. We're getting Let's, more let's get on topic. Yeah. We're, 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 get, we're getting there right now. That's what I'm so curious about because we've got John here, the film guy. Yeah, John, the most knowledgeable. The resident, ever the resident film guy. We bring him in. We really need a ringer on. Is this a good movie? This is <laughs> and Will so far, is unavailable. You've only talked about. <laughs> You've only talked with us about the the third movie in a trilogy, so we're breaking away from that to talk about us. So, what did you yeah. just give me? You give me your your raw opinions on this movie. Like, what did you what did you think? What did it, how did it make you feel? What was your least favorite part? Your favorite part? How did you how did you feel about it? Let me let me set the stage. You know, because this is a movie that activates you on a lot of different levels. I think so. I I Accurate. saw this movie as a Bay Area resident. Uh, Santa Cruz, where this was filmed in part, is very close to where I live. Uh, I go to Santa Cruz very often. So I, I walked Horrifying. into this movie very... Oh, you have no idea, Tyler. You're to clarify, like, you... Oh, it's cold you in went, my theater. Shut up. Like, you, you went know. to Santa Cruz very often. You will never go back to Santa Cruz. Oh, yes. You saw the tweets. I, I am now terrified of one of my favorite places in the Bay Area because Santa Cruz is a really fun little beach town. Been a lot of great movies there. There's a fun little Lost Boys reference in Us, actually. Um, I did see the, that. Where, yeah, Lost Boys takes place in Santa Cruz. And I, watching this movie, yes, I, I was I was terrified the whole time. But th- this is a movie that I can't remember the last time. It might have, the last time I might have thought this deeply about a horror film probably was It Follows because of the way that it's, it's so deeply layered with all of these really powerful ideas that nobody else is making movies about anymore. And I feel like if I even said what these ideas were specifically, it would be giving things away. So I'm going to wait until I get the all clear from Oh, it's all clear on Ethan spoilers. Control. Are, are yeah, they you good? Can, you can just spoil it. Yeah, we don't. We can just spoil all spoilers. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're we a spoiler full podcast. We we needed spoilers like for Cinemaholics because as you know like Will and I usually review films but we don't we don't do spoilers hardly ever we had to do a spoiler section for us because it's just it almost impossible but yeah yeah a you, you it's hard not to talk about it but like you have to talk about it because like exactly exactly. Uh, I, I love everything about this film. It's it's the first film I think I've given an A in 2019. Uh, that's that's our like our letter grade system. So hence the one 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 one. But I guess if we can be specific, I just absolutely love it. This is a film that's talking about classism in a way that's going to make people think and maybe reconsider some of their preconceived notions about the middle class, the upper class, the lower class of society. It's a very subconscious film, and it's one that you can have endless conversations with people about after the fact. And I've been doing that every single day since I saw this movie. I have been picking not fights, but like heated discussions about this movie with everybody I know who's seen it since. And for sure, that to me is the mark of a brilliant film when you can do that because there's so many movies I see where I'm like, oh, that was good. And then I kind of forget about it. This one, I'm yeah, what not. was Bumblebee about? <laughs> yeah. There's this definitely this definitely has stuck with me a lot more than most movies I've seen recently in any capacity. Just like to the point where I have to like find people, yeah, find people in the street and just like, have you seen us yet? I need to speak about this with some <laughs> human being right now. I just had a thought and I need to vocalize it. And it's just my opinion. I think it's better than Get Out. I think it's it's biting off more than it can chew. And I think it's more polarizing than Get Out, which seems kind of crazy to say. But ultimately, I really clicked with this film in a way that I 
didn't 100% with Get Out, which is a film that I, I really liked. Uh, Get Out is a great, great film. But this one, I think this is Jordan Peele's like tour de force, in my opinion. See, I, I don't think it's more polarizing, though, because I think that the people that it's sort of trying to talk at are just not going to listen to this one. Mm. Kind of the same at case all. With like Get with, Out. With Get though, Out, right? Out kind of, well, Get Out kind of beats you over the head with the message. It's like, it is very clear in Get Out what the message is. Mm. Very, like... And yeah. it's not a bad thing by any means. It's not. It's not diminishing the movie it at needed, all. It's needed to be. It's yeah. like straight up. Like the issue is that we are afraid of white people. And okay, in this yeah. one, it's a. It's a lot more buried. This, it's this much one, more buried. Right. It's, it's much more nuanced. It's not about race in this one per se. And at least that's what Peel's been saying in interviews. But it is about we as America. And so I, I can see it be polarizing for a lot of people outside of the states. Because there are a lot of countries that look at America and are like, y'all got some problems that we just can't even wrap our heads around. So in that way, I can see us being a very specific film. But even if you take away all of the like allegories and politics and all that stuff, all the like themes and everything in us, it still is just like a really terrifying horror movie that you can enjoy on that level too. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't even, you don't even have to think about it beyond the level of like what happens in the story, what, what is going on in this movie? It is just a, it is a really solid horror movie. And you know, a lot of people are saying that, that maybe Jordan Peele is the next Alfred Hitchcock. And I don't think at this point that that's an unfair assessment. No, he's not because uh, in 30 years, we're going to be talking about who's the next Jordan Peele. Yeah. I think that's, a I, think, way I think he's that good. Yeah. Well, he's doing something that nobody else I think has done in previous films, especially with horror. And that is, and, and I've said this a couple times, but after watching us, I'm convinced that Jordan Peele is kind of inventing a new way to tackle genre films where he is m- blurring the lines between horror and comedy and like sadness. Yeah. He's just taking all the different emotions like inside out style and is just finding a way to make them more mixed and make them more playful so that like anybody can access them. And I think that's a big reason why get out and us are like big box office winners is because people want to see that they don't want to just be scared in a movie. They also want to connect with it with other emotions and like other movies have done that, but the way he's doing it makes them look like they weren't trying hard enough to, in my opinion. No, I, I could not agree more. I feel like, you know, the way that w- what we're seeing with, with Jordan Peele in these films is, is exactly what you're saying. It's a new way to, to do horror movies where it's it's not just anything you've made this point uh, in conversations outside of the show. Where it's not just these jump scares or intense gore. I, I thought us specifically did a really good job of minimizing gore to the point where you, you usually only see like a, a cut or anything if it's on screen at all from a long shot. Um, and then... So, you know, the gore is minimal. You just see the blood on the wall, basically, or the dead body. Um, So it's not, and it's not jarring. You know, there's not any jump cuts in this movie from what I can remember, except for maybe right at the end. Yeah, small handful. But it's, and that's what I thought was so brilliant about it is because it sets you up so many times for those things to happen. It just never does. It never comes. And so the whole time you're on the edge of your seat, you're like, I'm any second now, something's going to leap out at me. I'm going to be scared. You know, I'm gonna you know make that noise, and and they're they're gonna pop out, and Ashton Kutcher's gonna be like, "Ha, gotcha!" and <laughs> pump, you know, and it just never happens. Especially in that in that scene where she's continuously you know spiraling down the staircase, down this down the, the sewer pipes, down the escalator, and around corner, around corner, around corner, and it just never happens. I was waiting, waiting, waiting for the, the yeah for her to be. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I was also waiting for. Uh, go ahead, I'll let you finish. Yeah, I was I was waiting for for Red to just be around the corner and just like, "Ha, gotcha, scissors, what's up." And it just didn't happen. Say that again? I I was going to say, 
this movie has so many WTF moments that just, and I'm curious like where in the film things just sort of like took a turn for you. Because when I was watching it, I was like, I really like this, but is this really going to come together? Like, is this really going to carry it out? And for me, the moment when we find out like the Tyler family, uh, that, you know, the Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moth characters, like that whole family, yep. when they get massacred all in one fell swoop, that's when I was like, okay, I, I love this movie. This movie is amazing. Because so- up until that point, it felt like a small little situation and then it became hopeless for me for me it happened right after that um where you know and my my brain could kind of rationalize it when i was like oh well they were hanging out with the tylers today and he saw that girl on the beach so like that they've been marked right so like the tylers were also marked because they were together they've been you know whatever there's there's these things coming out and then when they posed the question like when the girl's like how many other people this happening to my brain was like Oh, Fortnite, dude, like this is happening all over the place. And that thought had not crossed my mind beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, for, when they turn on the TV and they're watching that on the TV, I'm like, oh my God. There was there was a turn in the film and it's sort of the, the prestige at the end. Because uh, I had the same moment as you, John, where they get massacred. I'm like, oh, this is going to happen to everybody. I definitely thought this was just because she saw the little girl at the beginning that like she was being hunted and it was her family. Um, but the, the prestige to me is that there is, there is no switch like I feel like you've got this. I mean, there is at the end, but it's like a after the fact. Yeah, it happened. Like, I I was I kept expecting the son to suspect the mom when she sees the mom kill the twin with the scissors. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I see what you're saying. Like, I mean, I kind of expected like, oh, is there going to be a moment where they don't know which person is doppelganger or which ones? That never exactly. really happens. And I like that though because I'm, I was glad that it didn't happen. Right, yeah. right, because that would have been a little like because oh, yeah, it seemed like this. the cheap shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like only my mom would know this. Like, okay, yeah, we'd seen this. Yeah, Captain Marvel. Did that happen? In yeah, Captain right. Marvel? <laughs> well, there's sc- the scrolls. Yeah, the uh, and, the yeah, oh, and yeah, she gets yeah, yeah, blown duh. up in the barn. The information that only the only the real you know whoever would know who? yeah yeah no, um, no transfusions in this one but there is still lots and lots of blood there is but I, less less blood than I yeah expected. less than I expected definitely um it's it takes almost an old school approach to to gore per se where it's like you see a lot of like the you know the blood splatter as opposed to the actual like yeah, yeah. you know Splash. rending out of somebody it's it's the you know the old special effects where they didn't have that kind of thing to do. The, the, again, the, the psycho thing with the you just see the the stabbing and the blood on the wall. Did you guys? I think get, when you leave it to your imagination, it's better. Did you guys get like a a shining kind of feeling when those twins? Oh yeah, with the twins <laughs> oh, yeah. and when yeah. she's when yeah. she's limping down the hallway uh-huh, doing the Jack uh-huh. Torrance thing. Oh yeah, huge shining vibes. Huge so many fun shining vibes. vibes. So many movies obviously were just you know homaged right in this. Hang on, there was a. I actually I was reading this earlier. There was a list of like. 10 films that Jordan Peele made all yeah. of the main characters. The Shining is watch. one of them. It the follows one the of them. Duke is one of them. Yes. To give them what what he called a a universal vocabulary. I think he said when yeah, shooting like things shared, they could reference. A shared language. That was it. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. So it was if off the and top of my head were... it was The Birds, Funny Games, Let the Right One In, Sixth Sense. It was follows... It was Dead Again, The Shining, The Babadook, Dead It Again. Follows, A Tale okay. of Two Sisters, The Birds, Funny Games, Martyrs, Let the Right One In, The Sixth Sense. Fantastic 10 films to see. I actually haven't seen Martyrs, so I have not I'm either. Kind of I did not know about that, that movie. Now. I have not seen It Follows. I have seen The Babadook. I will I will not watch any of these. <laughs> you are <laughs> talking tell you right sense? now. I actually the haven't seen I've never seen the Six sense. I'll really? be sure. But I know the turn. I know the end. That was the problem. Is Scrubs ruined it for me when I was a little kid, and I just have no desire to see it now. I'm like 50, 50 first dates ruined it for me. Um, but that's okay. I actually did see Six Sense when I was a kid, but I kind of forgot about it. 
because we we had it on that old VHS. But uh, yeah, yeah, it got spoiled endlessly afterward. So I mean, I'm I'm scared already mid conversation. Just so you guys know, like the more we bring this up, the more I'm letting myself think about it, and the more scared I'm getting. So just so you know, we should just, make it worse. On the topic of the sixth sense, and this is something I've really been thinking about: is this the best M Night Shyamalan movie ever made? Um, us? Yes. Well, you mean is this like the best twist ending ever? Yeah. I I mean I feel like the twist ending for me all all the twist ending for me does in this movie is explain why the red version of the lead can talk. Will Ashton and I argued about this on Cinemaholics because the twist, he didn't like the twist and it was like his one major flaw with the movie. I actually really like the twist. I think that it, it takes a great movie and makes it something special because our, our contention is that it, it is a little obvious if you watch a ton of horror films. And I think like at least a third of people watching this movie are going to see the twist coming. But what I really like I about not. it, but yeah, yeah, obviously not everybody, but you know, there's some people who are going to watch it. And if you've seen a lot of other like doppelganger movies, like it's probably going to occur to you, right? But watching this, what I like about the twist is that it takes it it takes this character who's been you know framed one way, and now you have to watch the movie again to get a totally different read on her motivations. And it also tells a really good story about. It makes you wonder, like, why did she forget that she was a doppelganger? And if you're following along with what this movie is saying about. Pri- privilege like economic privilege we usually forget where we came from and the things that happened to us so that we could have the comfortable lives we do now because a system of people underground are paying the cost for us and that's why the twist for me like really crystallizes that it's not just a twist to be like oh man gotcha like you weren't smart enough or like you didn't see this coming for me it's like no this is the point of the movie and that's what i think an amazing twist should do so i don't watch a whole lot of doppelganger movies as as a rule i usually avoid them actually that concept is more (laughs) horrifying to me than most horror movies um yeah because now every window and mirror in my house is a is a source right like those movies are generally terrifying i would say things like um movies like when a stranger calls are generally more horrifying to me just based on Mm. on concept the whole like oh the calls coming from inside the house that invasion yeah yeah that just gets to me for some reason like um because i think those movies do a very good job of of like ramming that point home but this one I didn't see that. I saw a twist coming. I didn't see this twist coming. I didn't see the the sort of grandiose scale of it. I expected a moment where the where the the where Red killed Adelaide and assumed her role as an adult. I did not see the twist that actually happened. I also expected uh, there was a few moments early on where. Adelaide would be choked or something like that or something would happen to her where I thought when she spoke again it would be in that choked voice and and again we'd get to that you know only my real mother would know who this is uh but I definitely expected something like that I didn't catch that none of the other doppelgangers could talk until I knew mm. the ending oh I did right because when when Elizabeth Moth's character is like screaming in total silence oh that was so creepy right she's like oh, screaming right. yeah. and laughing oh she was creepy as Peggy in Mad Men dude yeah, she she, she turned in a really the, good, terrifying oh, you performance. Mean, you said creepy. I think you meant to say the hero of Mad Men, the uh, I, the main. I, character, I only seen the first season. I only seen the first season of oh, Mad Men, but I, like in that yeah, show, Peggy's I remember best. being scared of her character, like seeing her character and being like, "She's in horror movies." You that's should a, you should be scared movie. of her character. She challenges everything you know about white America. Boom, roasted. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, and and I, I didn't love the twist ending at first. Like when I saw this on Thursday, I was like, "That was stupid." They just sort of ruined this movie for me because that my brain weird. immediately went to this defense of this, like, "Oh, don't worry, you'll be able to poke holes in this. This is fine." And I kept thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. I'm like, "But this motivation doesn't make sense." I'm like, wait a minute. But this motivation doesn't. But this one. But th- 
for and it, it reframes it right ethan because yeah it changes think, every every time you think about something different yeah. it changes the whole the whole movie you think that she's scared to like revisit a past trauma which every horror movie every horror movie is about grief every horror movie is about loss yeah this one is about somebody who did something is the one who did something terrible afraid to have to like confront the terrible thing that she did it's i know what you did last summer but through the eyes of jordan peele yeah for sure um and and it it the the great thing about this movie is normally to justify that sort of thing in a horror movie you you have to sort of put a like ridiculous set of circumstances over top of it to make that that motivation make sense where the twist is just kind of tossed in at the end mm-hmm. and this I really think is why probably fifty percent of M Night Shyamalan's movies are garbage because he he sets everything up for this huge you know classic trademark trademark registered M Night Shyamalan twist ending and the rest of the movie suffers for it mm-hmm. but he's still just like yep well we're gonna make the movie it's gonna have this ending people are gonna like it regardless and some people won't and so I think that that's that's probably why yeah like I said like 50% of his movies end up being total garbage and 50% are like what <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean Bruce Willis was dead the whole time see now you've spoiled it for all the ones who were like oh good they didn't spoil Sixth Sense now I can go watch it it's 20 years you old you just said it was Sixth it's Sense 20 man. 20 years old but yeah, I, I think you're right on. And I, I don't I don't know, but this movie, yeah, this is one of those twists where even if you see it coming, it just it works on so many levels. It's so airtight. And it's actually like it, it, it's actually something that I think tracks with what the movie is saying on a deeper level, right? Because For sure. this is a movie about doubles. This is a movie about like confronting like our darkest, most inner demons. And so the reveal that like one of these tethered people could have actually like lived a normal life if given the chance, that like makes their story so much more tragic and sympathetic, right? Because we right, see them just normal monsters. people. Right, but the, yeah, they're just normal people who have this terrible existence because it's the system's rigged against them and they're forced well, and this is another, you guys just said a point that I wanted to bring up. Another important point on, um, you know, we see them as monsters. They are wholly killable. Yeah. They're like, they're victims. Like the, the match, right. The match between anyone and their tethered counterpart is a fair fight. Yeah. Some yeah, people like, die. Some people don't. Well, and I think the only reason uh, like people who are not our main characters die is because they don't see it coming. But it, the, tw- right. the twist is great because that the reason the Wilson family survives is because they're not killed immediately. They're taunted and played with because the person leading that charge is human and not quite as like, go kill the person because everybody else just gets like wiped out. There's no games. There's no like... Oh, right. go in the closet. None of that happens. Because the Tylers had the backup generator. So they barely even noticed anything was wrong. Right. So that's a whole, that's a whole just different. Yeah. That's literally yeah, like. That's another privilege. That's thing. literally like, yeah, I mean, like beat you over the head with this classism thing that I, it took me a, a minute to notice what was going on. And also that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Cause I think that that was when comic relief was used so well without taking you out of the movie. The NWA, like. Oh my God. Yeah, seriously. It was a great Ophelia. reverse of like the get Ophelia, out. Ophelia, call ending. the police. <laughs> Ophelia, by sure. the way, which yeah, I think translates to help. Help in Greek, yeah. Yeah. And she goes, she goes, sure, playing Fortnite, the police, by NWA. <laughs> I died. I died. La- I why didn't so I Actually, I heard that and I was like, you're not going to play a sting song, Ophelia? <laughs> yeah, but like, if, if, that if it started playing like... Too, like- if it started Every- playing like Message in a Bottle or whatever, it just wouldn't have set the scene right. Uh- no, I know it wouldn't have, but that's what like I think if you tell Alexa right now, like Alexa, play a song by the police or call the police. Well, don't say that because she. Will. I, yeah, I was gonna say I but- think Alexa will call the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then yeah, maybe Google Home will be like, "I'll be yeah. watching you." <laughs> Every breath you take. <laughs> Starts playing Murder by Numbers. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I had a point to that. I did too, and I lost it. <laughs> I did as well. <laughs> oh my god! So oh, this... I was gonna say, did you guys notice too? Like, I was again. This is one of those things where, like, you just keep thinking about the movie. But like, in relation to the tethered being victims, I I have like this little like John theory that. The kid wearing the mask, he got burned because of the real life kid's uh, magic trick because he's doing the lighter thing all the time, but it doesn't oh, definitely. work. So with the tethered guy, it does work and he burns himself because of this thing happening above him. And it's nice foreshadowing to he actually dies by fire. And that's my little, yeah. I'm, I'm holding to that. I think that's rock solid. Dude, that kid turned in a fortnight of performance. Mm-hmm. The, the, the daughter, I didn't love as much. Uh, the daughter oh, tethered was horrifying yeah that's oh, yeah. true but i don't know there was some, something that just didn't for whatever reason her her something about her didn't sell it for me her tether did but her, she did I loved not her. she was just like i'm on my phone i'm listening to music jamming like why does this all gotta happen to me right now and when she's like killing one of the twins and it's just like whoa oh, oh yeah that's, that's pretty sweet Oh, dude, that, that's a direction I thought the movie was going to go, where they start killing the tethered. And then I was like, I thought it was going to do sort of an I Am Legend thing, where there's this sort of mirrored existence, you know, where the zombies in that go from like total chaos to almost like civilized. And Will Smith goes from like civilized to like chaotic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that dynamic shift. I thought that's what we were going to see here. Was that like, you know, they started killing these tethered and they were like, oh, I'm an emotionalist killer. And uh, the tethered are actually the, you know, the normal people. Um, and I, I thought that's where it was going to go, but it did not. Well, it could. They could. You have to, I, if there's a sequel. I don't. Oh, gosh. Us I, too. I, I could see it. I mean, they sort of set it up for one. I don't what think you, you need. No, no. Yeah, it's over. Like, point made. This is this is a perfect film as a standalone. I don't know. I that don't whole thing with the, the line just isn't sticking with me. With no. the with the line of red people across the country, because a well, is it only is it, on that? Do they all come out of Santa Cruz? Well, so yeah. Here's the thing: is a do they all come out of that specific place? No, I B, think it's the, it, the tunnels underneath America, right? Right. Because that's okay, what the so, intro yeah, says. But I mean, how did? Well, so here's the thing, how though. Did what's your butt organize it? Well, no. Here, here's my thing: is like first of all. To, to what end are they doing that? Is it because she said they want to show the world, but like, where's the world's response? Like there was just that ominous scene of, of it stretching on into the distance with the helicopters and everything. I have a theory. Okay. Well, so hang on one second. The other thing is what, what are the other 351 million people in America doing? They're dead. Do they not have doubles? Because I think the, the line is they all died. Well, no, the line only takes 6 million people. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing is that they, I, I, I don't feel like they showed us that clip for nothing. The hands across America clip where it's like we and 6 million other people are going to join hands across America. I don't know. That's really sticking to me for some reason. It's like, what do, does not everybody get a double? Like, oh no, everybody gets a double. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is like, what are those other doubles doing? They're probably doing their own lines. I don't know. I, I don't think that that's really what the movie wants you to think about. I, I think well, Peel, the... I think Peel just wants you to strictly imagine the line of people. And before I, I have my theory, but Tyler, did you have one? Did you have a, uh, a read on this? Cause that's the main thing yeah, that I don't I, get about this movie. Okay. Yeah. My, I, to me, the line across America thing was like this weird thing that the little girl latched onto cause it was all she remembered or, or whatever it was. Um, it, it didn't quite make sense for me and maybe that's just me being an idiot and, and not understanding. Um, I do think the, the the thing that points to me that there may be sequel content is is the helicopters at the end. The helicopters in the distance. What What is the point of that? I think they're, um, yeah, they're documenting, being like, what's going well, yeah, on? She wanted the world to listen and now the world's listening. So I don't necessarily think it may, it may not be a direct sequel, but I think that if Jordan Peele wants his own, you know, glass averse, he could have it. 
Yeah, I mean, especially if you're like, oh, Get Out and Us are in the same universe. Because, like, this movie gave you no answers whatsoever. Actually, well, no, I I actually think that what Peel is trying to say here with the Hands Across America is I think he's been pretty clear about it in interviews. So he he was talking about one of the reasons he latched onto that in particular is because he said the Hands Across America, like the real life event, was something that epitomized to him the duality of America. I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said, but his point is that, and if you're not aware with Hands Across America, it happened in 1986, like we see in the movie. And it was this really big stunt, a flashy, like, hey, America, like, donate $10 and we're all going to hold hands across America and we're going to solve hunger and homelessness. But it was this big PR stunt that only less, I think less than half of the money that they made actually went to hunger and homelessness and it didn't really do anything. And so Peel's point was just like, you know, the intentions are good when we do things like this, but it to him, it feels like these are just gestures to make ourselves feel better, even though we're not really solving the problem. And so the Hands Across America in this movie is kind of that same thing. It's like, we're going to destroy ourselves because instead of solving the problem, we all just do these things that don't solve anything. They just, they're just big attention seeking, like, oh, they're holding hands. Isn't that a big stunt? But it's not solving the problem of inequality. It's not solving the problem that people don't have enough money to make ends meet. And then they're stuck in the system of poverty and there's no way out. And I think that specifically was Peel saying, and that's why I think as the final shot, it's like the theme of this movie. Fair. I can definitely jive with that. It's definitely a possibility then that this movie has just been done too well to the point that I'm looking too far into it and like (laughs) catching on on like things that were just, you know, like part of the ad that I'm like, but there's only six million people in the line. What are the other, what are the other hundreds of million people in America doing? What's the rest of the world doing? And I'm sitting here like looking out my window, like, are they coming for me? Mm -hmm. And you see a reflection of yourself in the window and you freak out. (laughs) I'll tell you, if I walk out tomorrow morning and there's a... If everybody had a murderous doppelganger, we'd be screwed. What are we going to do? They're just going to break in. What, you know, you're done. Yeah, basically. Oh, we'd be so screwed. Yeah, we live in coal country. There's mines all over the place. Yeah, I just want to give Tyler a nightmare real quick. Yeah. Don't worry. It it has worked. I I haven't had nightmares per se, but it has kept me up at night, if that makes sense. I will tell you, this movie did a really good job. Are you guys familiar with the, uh, the, what is the term? The uncanny valley term? Mm -hmm. Tyler, yeah. Even if, even, I I am, but the listener might not be. (laughs) So it's this this idea (laughs) of, like, there, there exists a sort of inverse relationship between how lifelike something that is not human life looks and how like sort of creeped out we are by it. And so this is the first movie that sort of delivered that feeling for me about actual people as opposed to, you know, androids or robots or replicants or something like that. It's usually used in, in like proper science fiction, but that delivered me this experience this movie did of, of looking at these people that were just humans and being like, I don't like that. I don't like those people. Those are, those are, they're other is I think the word that was thrown around a lot is that's how we want to be looked at, how they, they want these people to be looked at is that they are, they are other, they are not us, but they are literally us. That is the point. And so I thought this movie did an excellent job of, of fulfilling that sort of point that, um, doesn't happen a whole lot, even, even in horror where it's like, you can't, it's hard to distinguish who's who, even even when you're looking at two people, two of the same people on screen. Yeah, I, I definitely, I thought it was seamless. That we were watching I, these doubles on screen at the same time. And I think part of it is the performances because Nyango in particular is just, the, the performances are so delicious. They're so unique and distinct that you just never for a second believe that it's the same person. And that's why I think the film works the way it does. For sure. I mean, she just absolutely crushed it. Um, was there a moment where it broke for you? There was a moment where it broke for me. Was it with the dad? No. That's when it came closest for me, but it didn't. There is a shot, I don't know 
why they chose this shot. Oh, I, I, I'm sure we can break it down right now. But the shot when, uh, this is gonna be confusing to say, basically when Adelaide is explaining to herself the plan mm -hmm. and it's shot from the chalkboard and the focus oh, yeah. keeps shifting that was from Adelaide to the doppelganger. It looked fake. It looked fake. Because of the lighting, right? I didn't even yeah, notice that. It, oh, it, it messed me up. It, it looked messed like me because it, it kept happening. Mode. Like over yeah. and over again. I was just like, can we please do another shot so I don't have to think Where about they just yeah. They kept the one lock shot where they, I don't even know what you're talking about. Did they just keep one lock shot and just kept pulling focus to each of them? Or what I was happening? So. I don't know if the focus ever changed. I think the shot would change to behind Red's back from Adelaide's perspective. And then it would go to Red's perspective and you would see her face, but it was lit weird because it had like a white sort of sheen on her face and it just didn't look correct, I guess. It didn't It didn't look correct. It looked like it was shot in portrait mode on an iPhone Um, was, was the closest thing I could huh. think to what I was seeing. I'd have to go back and seeing. look at that again. It's, it's Although, a minor nitpick for me, but yeah, I, there I was, definitely noticed it. I would have loved to have been... Well, yeah, but I mean, if we're going to, you know, if it ever breaks, I want to bring it up. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have been in the room where they were running down the, the technical script, like the shooting script, uh, Jordan and the cinematographer, and Jordan's like, well, how are we going to pull this off? And cinematographer every time goes, back of heads. We're going to look at the back of heads. Yeah. <laughs> and Jordan's just like, but what? Back of heads. But what about this? Back, back of heads. heads. <laughs> I also believe wigs for all the characters for both hairstyles. Yeah. I also believe that Jordan Peele built this entire story out of this single phrase, don't run with scissors. Definitely. Which I gotta, because that scene made me think of it when she's like cutting the like people in the in the little classroom at the end. For me, that's mm -hmm. when the scissors thing really clicked. Because I was like, oh, scissors can kill, but they can also create. And yep. it's like, again, more of that duality. And it's like, oh, this movie is so perfect. Like, I was and they're two blades. I was it's saying this one. on our it's the two blades that are like mirrored. Yeah. They Ooh. almost look Ooh, like good point two there. ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there trailers for this movie yeah of course were they good what, what did they I, do you not watch the, the trailers the only thing the only bit of pre-movie that I saw was the picture of the glove holding the scissors or the shears and the picture of Lupita Nyong'o holding a mask hmm. same I didn't see I, I didn't see a single trailer for this movie wow so you guys saw Totally Blind that's awesome yep completely I did not yeah. know what it was about if I had known what it was about I probably wouldn't have seen it what? but I'm glad yeah. I did I think because I saw the picture of the shears with the red outfit and the glove and i was like oh my god they're making quidditch uniforms thank you jordan peele for switching gears <laughs> what got me through the trailers because i don't know if you've seen it since but you should watch the trailers because the way that they they mix the i got five on it song and yeah. the like the main score so you know that scene toward the end where they're fighting each other and it's like a dance that really yeah. good haunting mm -hmm. score they mix that with i got five on it in the trailer Ooh. it's awesome yeah and it is. that's what made me be like i gotta watch this Oh uh, yeah, the score was awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Perfectly matched the rabbits because of the way it hopped. I don't know. That was weird. <laughs> I was gonna say the way it bopped, but then I was like, well, rabbits don't bop. But they the way it hibbity hopped. Thank you. <laughs> I know. And then you just keep like, I need to see this movie again. Um, just to pick out like, and they're not Easter eggs, but just like the little pieces of foreshadowing that, that people are picking up way. on. Say that again. Good rabbit pun. Easter eggs. Oh yeah, look at that. Um, yeah, you got that. You nailed that one. Yeah. But it's like they somebody today I saw on Twitter was just like, yo, did y'all notice that in the scene where everybody's eating in all the scenes where everybody's eating, uh, Adelaide never eats meat or drinks anything but water. Yeah, she just drinks water. And she doesn't eat meat because she her because Red was talking is, about having to eat the raw rabbit. And the kid is eating dry fruit loops, just like they did. In I Get did Out. notice that. Yep. And, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for that to come to, to fruition. Ha, fruit. Fruition. Thank, Fr oh, nice. Yeah, you're just all uh, over the puns today, Ethan. What's going on, man? I'm not even doing that you on purpose. You got a script you're hiding from us? Like, just one yeah, by one? Yeah, he bullets? does. Did you not get your script? 
<laughs> oh, he knows, yeah, I've, I've been reading this, everything I've said. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing I'm how well you're sticking it. to the script. I mean, I mean, you made a couple of uh, improvisations Flubs. there. but um... Right right before we did this, I was talking to Will, actually. And I bring up Will all the time because he's my, my podcast wife. But I, w- I was trying to convince him that the whack-a-mole was intentional, like in the very beginning of the movie, because like that's a game where you like keep people underground or creatures underground. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this movie's so great. And, and because Adelaide's a mole. Oh, my gosh. Tyler, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Because Will was just like, that's a stretch. I hope he listens to this. I, I thought there think, was something going on. I don't think anything about this movie is a stretch. I, I know people yeah, disagree no. with that. I've seen a lot of people who are like, this movie sucks, or this movie doesn't make sense. Explain things to me. And I don't think this is that movie. This movie is like very metaphor. Like I said, I definitely, the, you were like, talking about classist stuff as soon as we started this podcast. And I was like, mm, I did not catch any of that. Really? Nope. But now that we've talked about it, I'm like, I see exactly what we were well, going Well, do you see for. too, Tyler? Because like, you know what like redlining is? No, what is that? So redlining is an economic term where you redline it districts. It is a driving term. Well, you redline districts to like gentrify them. So poor people don't live in areas where rich people want to live. And like this movie right. literally has a red line through America. <laughs> like this, I mean, <laughs> this movie's so like political and it's so like, I don't know. That's Jordan Peele's style, right? Is like he doesn't do anything yeah. by accident. Especially since we never, there's no mention of like, she talks about they that created the tethered, but like never talks about who they is, what the, the end game there was, what the purpose, you know, how they're being kept there, what power is keeping them there, what power is making them do the mimicking. Especially since right? since when they switched, she was forced to mimic as well. Like that's definitely a wild mechanic. Her being the... The you know red being the the original yeah. and Adelaide being the tethered. It's like what is that mechanic that forces her to continue to do the mimicking, even though she was originally just like a free person. My my read on that was like there's this weird mythology for like when you're underground, the only way for you to survive is to like basically live vicariously through the people above ground, and that's a metaphor for the way that people in the lower caste of our society they keep up with like media culture and they sort of try to like mimic and live vicariously through television and escapism. And so that was that was my and right I, for that. I think Adelaide, the original Adelaide who becomes the, the tethered underneath, would have to live her life because the whole society around her would like, they can't talk or anything, but they would be interacting with her body right. and her character. And you definitely see um, some of that when she's not really able to dance that well. But then she still impresses them. Because like the fact that, so it's like with the bunnies, I think. I think something about eating the rabbits is what like connects you to the people above ground which is why i thought that's why i thought adelaide didn't eat meat uh because i think she's scared of like the tether or something like that because when they first showed that that first shot of all the rabbits in the cages i took that to be as like that's media and like eating them raw is like raw consumption of media and it was like a little commentary a little side commentary of like most of the media we consume is white but then you have token diversity rabbits because like one or two are here are brown. yeah yeah and then in the end they all get let loose which is like a statement on our internet culture today where like now it's like everything's fragmented and separated and it's right not and all contained. the wa- all the rabbits are white and brown basically yeah they are all like mixed um but no you can definitely see standard of beauty is no longer giselle bunchen it's kim kardashian you can definitely see in it's that Judy scene Hops. where where adelaide is doing okay <laughs> y'all gonna make rabbit puns <laughs> that's all folks oh my god well, that's a pig pun so i thought i'd get away with that please do not link bugs bunny to this any more than it needs to be do not ruin my childhood. Somebody in this movie could have used a doc. Yeah, I'm done. 
Oh, speaking of docs. I've got one, but I'm not going to say Speaking of docs, I'm going to take this in an entirely different direction. So um, the boat that Gabe buys is called the Crawdaddy, right? Yep. And her Adelaide's whole thing in this movie is, at the beginning, is that she keeps seeing these coincidental things. She keeps seeing 11-11 everywhere, and, and things are sort of repeating themselves, and that's how she knows she's in trouble. So on the way to the theater to see this movie, I was listening to an episode of the podcast, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, entitled Crawdaddy. Oh, jeez. Which is a phrase I had never <laughs> considered before in my life. Uh, what does that phrase and mean? Crawdad. It's just, yeah, it's just a, a, an inflection upon crawdad. Oh. Like the little lobster okay. things. Like a, like crawfish. Yeah. Well, I know like a crawfish. I know what crawdaddy yeah. are, but I wasn't sure if you meant like there was like another cultural meaning behind crawdaddy. No, so I have no idea. Mean. I just, I, I had never thought to add the, 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 the to go from dad to daddy there until, and, and yeah. I looked at the name of this podcast. I was like, that was, that's a goofy name. And then it shows up on the name of this boat and I'm sitting there in the theater like, they're onto We're me. Leaving. They're onto me. They're onto <laughs> me. I'm going to die. Did you say you saw this with your girlfriend? I did. Okay. Was she scared? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she does horror more than I do usually, but she okay. was definitely- Because um... I, know, I know Tyler said he saw it alone. I, I'm trying to consider whether or not I should take my girlfriend when she gets- She's out of the country at the moment. When she comes back, I think she's she wants to see this. I, I don't know. I don't know. And my wife was like, can I see it? And I was like, Emily, there's a scene in this movie where a mother kills what is essentially her daughter. Uh, so no. You are, you you are a great it. husband, Tyler. <laughs> That is that is good I mean, thinking. How's your girlfriend yes. deal with horror movies? Is the real thing. Like, is she a horror movie fan? That was for you, John. Oh, I thought I, I thought you were talking to Tyler, because um, no. I was curious about what, whether or not what your girlfriend? wife was. Yeah, yeah, true, true that. Um, I'm, I'm still not, figuring not falling out, into that trap. <laughs> I'm still figuring out my girlfriend's taste in movies. I get I get surprised. We haven't seen that many together. We both really liked. So we saw Lita together. We saw Captain Marvel together. We saw. Uh, we saw Robin this has Hood. Got a strong female lead too. Yeah, yeah, you, that's how we do it. Spider Man and the Spider Verse, and we saw. I, I made her made her see one of my favorite movies ever before Sunrise, and we haven't seen a horror, so I don't know, and I'm kind of scared, honestly. I am like, what if she also still me? trying. My girlfriend and I have been dating for over three years now, and I'm also still sort of trying to gauge her taste in movies. Because she'll hit me with a wild card every now and then where I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you probably want to see this movie, right? And she's like, what? No, never. I would never want to see that movie. And then she'll How be like, How dare you assume? Hey, can we go see X movie? And I'm just like, What the? Fortnite? What are you? What's happening to you? And this is, is X the thing movie, like, The New Dark Phoenix? Uh, Till God, no. God, it looks yeah, so bad. Yeah, not interested. Yeah, that that one. That Has it been scrapped bad. yet? The Fox deal went through like four days ago. They're still Let's... coming out with it. That's how contracts and unions work. But doesn't it feel mm, just sort to. of like, oh, we're watching this? Why? Hey, we're really going to do this one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at Mystique's makeup. I mean, I'm, I'm really just hoping that it, it, it makes Mortal Engines amounts of money. So none? <laughs> so none, yeah. I really yeah. just want it to flop completely. I want whoever was in charge of that movie to sit down at the end of the day and think very hard about what they did. Well, I mean... I would. Here's the thing. I will ship cash money to Michael Fassbender equal to the amount my ticket would cost. <laughs> To, to have him stop doing these movies? Because I think it's over. No, just because just I think that he deserves the oh, money. You know, I feel yeah. like I, I w- I'll be sitting there thinking about when he did that Steve Jobs thing. And I'll be like, you know what? I really like this guy. Yeah. And I'll just send him 825 in the I mean, mail. I have not stopped thinking about Frank for one single day since I saw it. I haven't seen Frank. What's Frank? Frank's the movie where Michael Fassbender wears a giant paper mache head yeah. and is the yeah. lead singer of a really weird band. Yeah, Sorinophobos. You can't even pronounce it. That's how weird it is. But uh, General Hux 
is the main character, and it's yes. like it's a good movie. Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's a good movie, too, right? Yeah. Yes. I love Maggie the Jill song Hall. in it. I love you all. It's a banger. Yeah. It's it's a wild movie. Michael Fassbender is a treasure. Um, mm-hmm. I will I will pay the amount of money per ticket for every movie James McAvoy wants to make for the rest of his life for him to stop making movies. You don't like James I McAvoy? do not like James McAvoy. What? Is it that, that hurts is it because he's so handsome and, and good at acting? No. Or is it because... No. That's because he ruined Charles Xavier and Split was bad. What? He is like one of the few things about those movies that I think actually works. I, I do not love those movies. I'll be really honest with you. I don't I do either. But how can you be movies? mad at McAvoy? It's not his fault. Uh, there's just something... Uh, you know, you just have those actors every now and then where just they're, they're appearing on screen just like kind of rattles your core for some reason tell me and will smith are right now and you know why because freaking youtube rewind why did he have to do it that's how i am with uh isn't he on that facebook watch thing yeah 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 i have an ad for that up on my computer right now will smith's bucket oh, list wow. yeah uh, literally terrible. right now it's the entire like banner page on imdb oh man because you know how they do that thing now where they play it but they have a banner behind the the middle screen thing yeah in case you missed it yeah Yeah, in case you missed it it's surrounded yeah it's a peninsula of of banner and it's will smith's bucket list and it's a picture of him and a picture of him skydiving and a picture of him scuba diving and a shark that and the shark just has this look on its face just like why i think it's like a very plaintive shark for actors that read me the wrong way on that note i would say bella thorne but assassination nation i don't know if you guys saw that movie from last year that movie like whoa, like that's that's a trigger warning kind of movie tyler I, I don't think you would appreciate that one unless you saw it and you love it i have not no, seen it. it doesn't sound like something i would see <laughs> okay look so here's the thing is <laughs> i saw him just to know how much you would not watch it but it's awesome and it's so it's it's this movie where everybody finds out or everybody's search history in this town gets leaked and it creates like a cavalcade of chaos where like people are murdering each other because of like all the secrets that get exposed it's such a great movie because it's so it's more my thing and i don't recommend it to everybody so if you're listening i'd say don't watch it but watch the trailer and if you watch the trailer and you're curious and you you want to watch that kind of movie you should totally watch that's what i'll say what's it called assassination nation I think I remember this actually. It was at Sundance. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a year ago, so that seems like. So here's the thing: is I really like The Last King of Scotland, and I really liked mm-hmm. James McAvoy in The Last King of Scotland, mm-hmm. um, and as well as I liked Atonement. And then it was just like people wouldn't shut up about him after that. And like I did not love First Class. Uh, I did not really? really like him on Shameless. I did not really like him in. He wasn't in Shameless, was he? Or the British yeah, one? Yeah. I've only seen the American ones. If that's probably. I thought that. So I didn't know that there was the American one at first, and I watched. Um, oh man, it's great. I watched the British one, trying to figure out what everybody was talking about and where William H Macy fell into it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That was a weird time. Uh, anyway, I didn't. I didn't like him in that. Uh, I didn't like him in yeah like any of the X Men movies. I wasn't crazy what about, about his split. Mr. Tumnus in Chronicles of Narnia. I think well, I just dawned on me. I think it just dawned on me right now that that was him. Yeah, he was so fun, and you really feel for him in that. movie. That movie was so long ago, though. And what about Wanted? Okay, that's Wanted. probably not a great example. <laughs> I actually did. I, I I liked that movie more than I would probably be willing to admit out loud. Oh um, yeah, I saw it at the right age. I'll put it that way. Uh, but again, I don't think I realized that was him. Yeah. That's one of those. Maybe, movies maybe I like... don't hate James McAvoy as much. I just would love for James McAvoy to stop being Charles Xavier. Okay. All right. Well, Mostly. I'll talk to him. And I would I'll like, I would like the character from glass to go away or the character from split. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, I, the glass split. I, I, that's not for me personally. I, I didn't like those ones at all, but nor I, what about Winston Duke and us? I, this, this is another thing that I've been going back and forth with because I like his character, but, and I really like Winston Duke. I, I think he's, 
ah oh man, he's so good in Black Panther. But did you think that yes. it works in this movie? Like, I really I feel do. Like he's kind of on the side. I really I do though, because that. I think he's just this. He's the classic, like, because even in, it, and, and I think this is Jordan Peele, like, sort of of poking fun bring, at horror movies or maybe playing into his own horror movie tropes. Is like Winston Duke is the stereotypical black dude in horror movies. Hmm. That is just. I think he's a stereotypical black dude watching. A that is just movie. absolutely reckless in his decisions. He walks outside with the baseball bat. He doesn't bat, die. But he doesn't die. No. But like he yeah, he yeah, makes he doesn't those, die first. Like he doesn't die trope. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't play that far into the trope. But it's like that's that's that character though. That guy that walks outside with a baseball bat, just like, all right, listen here, guys. Mm-hmm. I told y'all to get off my property. <laughs> now the police, they on they way. That's a great uh, line. No, they were not. <laughs> that was when I started realizing something was up when the cops never showed up. Right. That was when I started realizing something was up. I was, I was like, like, wait, it's yeah, been 14 was... minutes. Because I, I was like, I was fully expecting them to make me wait 14 minutes of real God's hours to yeah. for the police to show up in the movie. And it wasn't just going to be like five minutes of a fight. And then the police. Well, ne- I thought the police were going to show up and be tethered. I did not. It had not occurred to me at that point. I think I mentioned this earlier. It did that not occur to me sense. that point that the police, that there were other tethered at that point. Yeah, it I thought, I thought me it was until... going to be like the typical horror film where they were only going to like mess with them once a night and then it would escalate and then we'd have to be like, why don't they just leave? But I like that they were like, no, it's one crazy night. You know, it's one. Yeah. One day. We're just going to we're going to go all in on this. Yeah. Like you saw us. At the, you happened to go to the beach today. You really messed everything up, guys. I, I would have. I think it would have happened everyone. no matter what, though, right? I don't, I don't think there was a way. There was a chance they they weren't going to the beach. Right. That's why I think it's kind of interesting. It makes you wonder if the fact that they go to that beach house at all on that exact day is because I wonder if there is a little bit of like a tethered situation going on where they were influenced into being in that location, so they'd be close to where Red is going to be, right? I think yeah, you got it. You got to think that that like that that is that has to be what it is. Yeah, because otherwise Cause, you have to be like, oh, plot contrivance. Because Adelaide's Adelaide's repress these memories so far that like I, I truly believe that she believes that she is the the white not the shadow right right and i think that like that that speaks to the idea of like you forget where you really came from you forget your privilege and i think that's the theme but some people might say like oh she knew that she was the doppelganger the whole time but it's just that's what it's that's I, when it starts to fall apart is when you i mean and you can lay that you can lay that on it and it just that becomes it becomes a lot a lot less okay. of a fun movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the movie again. I'm gonna see if that works or if it doesn't because I I'm a little bit undecided. Like I like the idea of her not realizing it until the end, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, there's definitely bits where I I, I f- truly feel like you could push it either way if you really wanted to. Well, it, w- it would explain partially why she's like so hesitant to go back to the beach. Is like you know we we think that she's sitting there scared that she's gonna run into it again, but she is scared that she's gonna run into Adelaide again. Yeah. Not because it was a scary thing that happened, but because she doesn't want to be found out. Right. And I think it just you know it just goes way worse than it ever possibly could. You guys ever feel like that? That imposter syndrome? Like any day now you're gonna get found out that you're not as intelligent <laughs> or as great as people think you are. Oh yes. All the oh oh sorry time. I thought I was talking to my therapist right now. Oh, hey guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I worry about that. I've seen daily. the Truman Show. <laughs> but no, even I'd like be... when you're, I, I think even though like on the level of people like us who do this like for a semi-living where we talk about film and TV and pop culture, 
Like, don't you ever have that feeling of like, I'm not as smart as people think I am. And I don't have that much value to offer as people think I do. And you don't want to get found out or you don't want to be cut down and canceled because of your abilities. No, see the smart thing, the smart thing. No, I don't feel like that because I know that when it comes to film and everything, like I am not the smartest guy in the room on either end of the spectrum. Um, Like I I know that like, you know, you, you've learned more about movies, you, John Negroni in your life than You've forgotten more about movies than I know about movies. Like than than I will ever learn. Uh, but ridiculous because you say that, and then I'm like, no, no, no. You're just super humble because I know you know your stuff. And I, I, I know, know my of stuff. A two million subscriber YouTube channel that found its success off a of John McCartney yeah. idea. I, I know my so. stuff. <laughs> I know my stuff to the point that I know my stuff. Like um, there, but there are definitely, and I deal with this all day long. There are people we have we have fans of the show that know more about their certain subset of movies than I could ever hope to, and like I sound like an idiot in those. Kind Conversations, yeah. Because I don't, you I gotta, don't know. Very, you got to be self. Very scary. To, yeah, yeah. It's very scary to not know something. I will also say on the flip side of that, you know, this is this is as much a comedy podcast as much as it is a movie podcast. And I worry oftentimes that our comedic timing or our chemistry falls apart, uh, and that really worries me a lot. Comedy is or scary. I'll think that, it really comedy's is. Comedy's horrifying. Yeah. Because like we'll have a joke that we think lands and we'll be laughing and laughing and laughing. It comes out and it's like, oh, that's only funny because we've been friends for right. 12 years. And that's an inside joke from our sophomore but then, year of college. But then people laugh at, you know, me talking about how I don't want mayonnaise on my Baconator. Like, right. Or saying that a gas oh, pump doesn't Ethan, work. Ethan, that's so. the most relatable thing I've ever heard you say. I had a Baconator last week and I asked for no mayo. Guess what? They put mayo on it. You know what I had to oh, do yeah. with that napkin? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ruined. I know exactly what you had to do with that napkin. I've been there I so many times. I had to wipe that mayonnaise off so I wouldn't have stomach aches the yeah. rest of the day. Um, I, I just Not find well. mayonnaise to be an appalling invention. I just don't, you know, I want to oh. go punch Duke Hellman in the face and be like, what were you thinking? We've never, you we've other... never clicked this much, Ethan. I want to tell you that right now. <laughs> There's, the I got to remember what episode other... it is because I literally did a, a like 15 minute bit on the the mayonnaise on the Baconator. I think it was National Treasure. Might I think it was National, National Treasure. Treasure. Was a National Treasure. It was the early episode. in the episode if you want to go listen because it was hilarious. Even, even episode le- like, was a National Treasure. Even editing Just it back, right. I was like, oh my God, this was funny. Um, I'll say another thing that throws me off is the self-awareness. Anytime I listen to Cinemaholics, I listen to John and Will talk and they're like so casual about how much they know. I'm always <laughs> like, man, if I would have nailed a point like that, I would have been excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how that's what it's like to be friends with will it's just like will ashton is like the like the opposite of chalant the most nonchalant human being on <laughs> earth. We're, we're talking dark Knight rises of will ashton he waits till you know an hour and 45 minutes in the recording block to go oh yeah i was in this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right i remember i listened to that episode <laughs> Will, like, <laughs> Will Ashton, he just, he, he's such a treasure. Cause like, he's one of those guys who like, you're talking to him about anything and out of nowhere, he'll be like, did you hear about this thing that I know you didn't hear about, but let's talk about it. <laughs> right. It's my favorite thing. Like whenever we release like Patreon exclusives for our show, it's always things of like me and Will in the background talking about stuff because like the, the dude is just like filled with information that just comes out like at random sprouts and it's fantastic. <laughs> It's like he's he's got a monologue going on in his head, and then just he'll suddenly erupt out with something. I've because I've definitely done that where I'm like, you know, there's a whole thought process, and I'm just like, I I, I post the conclusion out loud. People are like, what? Where did that come from? And I'm like, oh, you, you said pickles ten minutes ago. I've been going since then. 
I've been like formulating my pickle theories since. Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me in our Discord server today. I was talking about Avenue Q and like somebody said something about Avenue Q and like 10 minutes later the conversation had changed and I was like, really? Here's, okay, here's everything I think. And it was all a conclusion with no premise and it was- Oh, I do that all the time because I say whatever I want in our Discord server because it's our Discord server. And so like- they will change the conversation topic to bend to me, God, Fortnite. And so, like, if I if I have a, a thought to add to what we were talking about 20 minutes ago, I'll post it and people will be like, too right. So true. Big facts. I, I'm like so curious about that because I, I creep in your Discord server all the time. And the conversations that Do happen Do you there, really? Oh, of course. Of course. And I always am, like, fascinated by the conversations that happen there. And it, it is, it's fascinating to me because, like, our community is so different. Because we, we do comments on Cinemaholics.com. But then the people who comment on there have the, I don't know if you deal with this, have the craziest usernames and we can't control it. But there's literally a, a user who's commented on like most things whose username is literally sure, comma, sex is great. And, <laughs> and like, it's just stuff like that. Where I'm like, we don't deserve the cleverness of these people. <laughs> that is one of my favorite Twitter memes that is still just bouncing around in there they're like yeah sex is great but have you ever like you know properly cut a piece of paper in half like where the scissors right. glide yeah. i'm just like oh so true Big now facts. i'm waiting now i'm waiting for somebody's username to be like no one colon and then me colon and then their comment definitely <laughs> i love when those memes so i love when the memes inspire creativity when it's not just like people posting a stupid reaction gif when it's like yeah. You know, people people have to get creative. They see their they seize their opportunity to post the no one comma me comma. Did you just say GIF? I did. I think that cancels out the baconator mayonnaise thing then. Fortnite. It's wow. a GIF. We were close. It's it's I can't GIF. believe we got this far. Oh, I just don't man. my feelings about it aren't that strong. I just <laughs> I you, like Don't you mean aren't that I, I go strong? Back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> GIF just rolls Feeling off the tongue just... so much better than than GIF. GIF GIF's got that like that just sandwich. Like, yeah, choosy GIF. moms and dads say GIF. <laughs> Crunchy. I have uh, definitely appropriated the because because uh, my girlfriend thinks that it's okay to buy peanut butter that isn't GIF. Um, yeah, she's right. uh, she's what not peanut butter isn't like Peter Pan. Exactly. That's what oh, I you said. You don't like Peter Pan? It's no, it's choosy well, we moms and about, Ethan's choose yeah, Jeff. We were talking about Mad Men earlier and Peter Pan peanut butter is uh in that show. Yeah, Peter Pan peanut butter is like Lucky Strike. Yeah. It is the best of what's <laughs> it's, around. Peanut butter is definitely right. not. So not Tyler and I are on the same wavelength because of the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, every time I watch the pilot of Mad Men, which has probably been at least 20 times in my life at this point, um just because it's one of the single best episodes of television ever. But every Same time I watch, here. every time I watch the pilot of Mad Men, I'm just like, I don't even smoke, but like, I want a Lucky Strike more than anything in the world right now. <laughs> I w- yeah, I I will kill for a cigarette right now. I, I've never oh, smoked man. a cigarette in my entire specifically life. a Lucky Strike cigarette because because why? Because it's toasted. Because what toasted. does that mean? Guys, Absolutely oh nothing. So you guys know I live in San Francisco, and you know there are times when I go to like bars, like in the first episode of Mad Men, where I'm just feeling so Draper. Like I'll wear a blazer. I'll just hang out at the table and like I'll write okay. down ideas. Don Draper stuff. is not wearing a blazer. Okay, Don no, Draper's wearing right. a sports in the early jacket. seasons. In the early seasons, he's wearing a poorly cut cheap suit. Uh, is he? Is it a cheap suit? I, I mean, yeah. I'm not like a suit aficionado. So single, you. single vent. Okay. Um, well, regardless, they I dress a, fancy. They had an extraordinarily low costume budget for the first couple seasons of Mad Men. So there's a lot of stuff where like they had to dress people to look fancy on a very slim budget. See, I never even caught that. I, I always felt the costuming was right on, but 
I, I didn't live in the 60s, yeah. so I can't say that I'm an well, expert for on the time period. A, for a lot of them, it is because they're like executives that are sort of have money. Yeah. You know, because Pete, Pete Campbell makes like $40 a week or whatever. Uh, does I think he makes or more something. than that. Because I think Peggy makes 100 a week. Was it 100? No, Pe- Peggy makes 40 a week. Yeah, that was it. Peggy, Peggy makes like 75. I, I know. Remember. I remember it, for, for sure Pete makes 3000 a year. Because that's in something the first like that, season. Yeah. He's talking to Trudy about it. And he's like... Now, Trudy, I know you're not great with math. Oh, when, yeah, when she wants to buy the apartment. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's like, he's I like, make $3,000 a year. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Right. Inflation, so. man, you just times it all by 10. And that's really what they're making. But that is that show of like, they start off like not that rich. But then by the end, yeah, Don is like a multimillionaire. Yeah. And yeah. I love that first season. It's fantastic. I love the Mad first Men is like the perfect show. Five seasons. I, I'm sure I would Mad too. Men, I just Mad Men did them. the AMC thing. It fell Red off there toward them. the end. It definitely fell off there toward the end. Mad Men? Uh, are you trying to say something bad about Breaking Bad? No. Are you trying to say something bad about, about the Mad Men? I am, yeah. The last couple seasons were so-so. Okay, so here's the thing about Mad Men. Mad Men is the only show that has started off strong and only gotten better with every season. I think the only kind of not great season of Mad Men is the second season. And even then, it's good. Uh, John, are, are you disparaging Breaking Bad? No, I love Breaking Bad. That, that, okay. I, I would, even like Better I would, Call Saul. That did not just consider... That didn't get better with every season, though. That at least maintained. But I think that there are weaker seasons in Breaking Bad. But it is probably the closest thing to a perfect TV show that I think we'll ever have. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think I would say Breaking Bad's up there too because I think that show also gets better as it goes. It just wrapped up so nicely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Flash on the CW, <laughs> Supernatural, Fortnite. See, I was never into Supernatural, but I do, I do like the Flash. But I haven't. I'm like a season or two behind on the Flash, so. Supernatural has been on television since I was born. It's done. What? No, it hasn't. I think you're done not this, that this season. No, this is the last season. Su- Supernatural is like 2005 when it started, right? Yeah, no, not since I was born. But 2005, since I was in sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, I was, they're done at the end of the season. I was 14, 15 when that show came out. Oh, it's on TV on Thursday. It gets great reviews. That's one of those shows. You know what? There's a market out there. Market out there that needs tapping is... Uh, television show reviews these shows always get insane rotten tomatoes scores and it's because there's like six people reviewing them i mean the first thing that my my start with rotten tomatoes like the first reviews i ever had that showed up on rotten tomatoes were tv shows like i think like game of the game of thrones season five and uh agents of shield and like yeah when i started writing for we got this covered that was like the first time i was like oh i'm on rotten tomatoes now but you're right because like a lot of those shows don't actually show like not a lot of people actually review their shows in time and the thing is that there are more supernatural like rundown podcasts than i can count same with all these like big ticket tv shows yeah you know game of thrones i mean there's so many game of thrones podcasts there's so many westworld podcasts there's so many vanderpump rules the bachelor all the survivor all this stuff are you guys into Game of Thrones? Like I am. He's there... not. Okay. He's never seen a single episode. So there's not going to be like most of the first season. So there's not going to be like a Game of Thrones bacon and eggs episode because we can't do it for I mean, you Cinemaholics. Guys, you guys can go nuts. We can't do it for Cinemaholics because Will Ashen has only seen the first season and he refuses to keep watching. A fool. That's it. That's where I am. Well, here we go. Ethan and John talk about Game of Thrones, <laughs> the greatest crossover <laughs> event in history. <laughs> me, and, me and Will will find our own podcast. <laughs> what are you guys going to talk about? We'll play Garfield? Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to we'll get, make our own. I'm trying to get Will to watch Avatar The Last Airbender. That's the bigger. How does Will feel about Hamilton? I've never asked him. I don't know. 
I'm going to see Hamilton next Will, month. Will and Ty. Are you a Hamilton stan every now? Every week is a different Hamilton song. I'm not a Hamilton stan, but I feel like there's a lot I could learn. You think you can go toe-to-toe with uh Oh, God, no. <laughs> nope. I couldn't go toe-to-toe with anybody on Hamilton. I couldn't well, Tyler, go toe-to-toe your... with Will Ashen on anything. Tyler, what's your like passion media then like the thing that you feel like you're most knowledgeable about knowledgeable about pop culture wise the mcu okay that's good that that you know who you could go toe-to-toe with that on then sam noland because sam noland did like an entire mcu breakdown on a cinemahawk spinoff podcast called anyway that's all i got you guys would have a field day we could totally do that uh yeah the mcu is like my favorite thing. i am definitely excited um, for game of thrones season seven same here real quick season i know this eight, is totally though, off right? topic is, is it season eight i can never remember I think it's season eight yeah. See, it's been so long <laughs> john it's been on my mind a lot lately what are your last jedi thoughts have we not talked about this i'm i'm almost certain we have i'm sure um, we have because we talked about return of the jedi after the last jedi it, came out. it is important to ask everybody in your life how they feel about the last jedi every single month is it yeah Okay. Yes, because people change their opinions on it all the time. They do. Ben. I love The Last Jedi. I rewatched it a couple okay, months good. ago. And it like solidified that I think it it's holds one of the best up. Star Wars movies. It holds up. I love the new yeah. trilogy. I am very excited for episode nine. Same Can here. I tell you honestly, episode seven is the best Star Wars movie. Um in your opinion, you know, and you know what? I'm glad you have it, and I I support you. I don't know that there's a better blockbuster in history. What? Then Force Awakens? I would like talk like you can include Infinity War, you can include Jaws. I think Jurassic include... Park is the best blockbuster ever made. I think Jurassic Park is a strong contender. I would put it in that conversation. Uh, I would rather watch Jurassic right now. I'd rather watch Jurassic Park than The Force Awakens, and I've seen Jurassic Park uh, at least 15 more times than I've seen The Force Awakens. Same here. Yeah, yeah. I think I've only seen force awakens no like 15 times as many like i've seen jurassic park somewhere between 30 and 45 times and i've seen the force awakens thrice i've seen force awakens five or six times and i really do like force awakens i think that's a really solid film so i don't i don't bemoan anyone who really enjoys that one but yeah i'm i'm a sucker for like the first star wars and empire strikes back i guess like most people and then of course return of the jedi but yeah, John, you might love Return that. of the Jedi more than anybody. <laughs> That's probably yeah, you might true. be the world's biggest Return of the Jedi fan. <laughs> oh, man. I did. You just made about points that. about Return of the Jedi that I had never thought about before. My gosh. Well, I, I really... will say I still am holding solid on Thor Ragnarok. We're talking about past bacon and eggs episodes. That's still my favorite MCU movie. Oh, same. Yeah, by far. Yeah, I would yeah. say same. Wide margin. I would say okay. Phase 3 is just all so good. Except uh, Guardians 2. Yeah. Except Guardians 2, except Doctor Strange, honestly. Uh, I'll take Strange. I, I, I have I'll, only, I'll Strange. I have only thought highly of Doctor Strange since Infinity War. I, I wholeheartedly agree, but I think Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Infinity War, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and Thor: Ragnarok are all on a different level. Yeah, they have, they have just figured out the superhero movie thing. I would say the same yeah. except sub in Doctor Strange for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which uh, oh, I think is sneakily one of the best Marvel movies ever made. And I saw you tweeting about it just the other day. I remember day. this, yeah. <laughs> I know I, you guys aren't fans. I could not disagree I more. You. I forgive you. It's okay. I, are you guys at least excited for volume three or no? I'm no, not. James yeah, Gunn's James back. Gunn's back. <laughs> you don't like James Gunn? I'm excited for the soundtrack. No, I'm excited for the I soundtrack. I like James Gunn well enough. It has nothing to do with, and even even beyond the controversy, I just think you make a movie as bad as Guardians of the Galaxy volume two, you don't get hired for the smart. threequel. You just don't. Except it made tons don't. of money and most people loved it. But okay, that's fine. All right. Well, yeah, but uh, my opinion is the only one that matters here. And I have made hard stances yeah. on sequels <laughs> here on this show. I'm, 
I'm sorry. I think I think I was ready for Alfonso Cuarón to step in and direct Guardians Three. Oh man, that's he's he's bad. known for third third pieces. No, okay? I just I just there's just I, the I one. Think, <laughs> I think it could be really good. Um, did you see E2 Mama Tambien? What was that the third movie of? I did see that. I love that movie dearly. <laughs> oh, that is such a crazy... Okay. You do not love that movie? I do. I do. I think that's a okay. terrific movie. Not okay, a movie okay. to watch for the faint of heart, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Is that me? No, I mean... Am I the faint of heart? You'd be fine with it. I think you'd be fine, yeah. Um, Because it's not horror or anything. Yeah, it's just... It's a lot. So I have a question for you guys. Go for it. It sounds like you're both fans of Jordan Peele. So it seems to me like you both, at least, I think Tyler, you respect this. It sounds like you respect this movie, and Ethan. Oh yeah, you no, I think it. if you're a fan of the horror genre, you I did. I legitimately, I am not afraid to say that I did love this movie. This is the so first. Then, if you're even curious okay. about horror, so then do you yeah. think that it's going to get Oscar attention for anything? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I think you've got a best actress role in here. You think so? I do. I think yes. that it'll best get a picture? nomination. I don't think you have. I think it'll get a nomination. I don't think you have best supporting actress though. I think it's a little bit. I, I just honestly think it's a little bit early in the year for it to win. Hmm. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll. I think it'll get at least yeah a best actress. Um, I think it'll get sound, sound design, design, maybe original score, um, and and possibly a best picture. What, I, I would best say directing. screenplay. Best directing, definitely. Um, they'll they'll give Jordan Peele that that nomination. I, d- I don't know if he'll win again, but um, they'll definitely give him that nomination. And I think you got a yeah, you got a dark horse for a best picture nom. Because that that's what I like is because it's an original film, right? And we just don't get a lot of original films that are this four quadrant. Like we get a lot right. of like Oscar Beatty original films, I guess. But this is one of those like it's not based on any existing IP. It's not Freddie Mercury the movie, right? It's not based on somebody's book. It's just his idea. And, right. Yeah. It's still. It's him watching. Yeah. A bunch of old school horror movies and being like, I want to do that. I'm just going right. to do that. Okay, cool. And he did. Yeah, and he just did. He was it's, like, I made. I'm going to do it on $20 million. Yeah. He's like the anti John Krasinski because Krasinski made a quiet place, but he wasn't like a hardcore horror fan in the way that Jordan Peele is. And I think that's kind of interesting, to be honest. Because I like a quiet, quiet place, place a lot. Sweet. I, yeah, I have yet to yeah. see a quiet place, actually. Um, oh, that's a horror movie. I, I didn't really I didn't make it out to see it in the theaters, and I've just been told that it's just not worth it on, like, at home. What? That's I think if you if you if you watch it in a dark room and you've got your your nice headphones on, yeah, maybe I think you'll be fine. Eat some popped corn, you're good. Fair. Um, I do I do really love the uh, speaking of, of noise in general. I did I loved the sound design in this movie. I think yeah. that the the scissors was one of the best sounds Ooh. I've ever heard. The stabbing. Just the sound of like everything yeah. in terms of the violence in this movie was carefully done. It's not one of those things that you notice unless you're looking for it. But yeah, it works. I noticed because I've just heard so many like bad, you know, blade drawing noises or, or even even scissor noises, like people cutting something. It's always it's either too accentuated or not accentuated enough. And I thought that that who, whatever they did for the scissors in this movie, even if it was just a pair of scissors, I doubt it. But even if it was just a pair of scissors very close to a microphone, I thought they did a very good job with, with that specific sound effect, um, which is obviously something you had to have for the yeah. movie where the weapon is scissors. Also, I, I definitely hope- have that exact pair of scissors in my home right now, and it's terrifying. <laughs> you need to get rid of it. My- it. Definitely. Yeah, get, definitely get rid of it, please. It's a movie that sticks with you. Like, it truly is. This is a movie... Cause like I, you know, I, whenever we do new movies for the show, we're usually recording, you know, they come out on 
Thursday. I see him Thursday or Friday and we're recording Monday or Tuesday. And so I have to really like lock in to hold on to my thoughts. But like, this was not a movie where I struggled with that. This is a movie where I was like, can it be Monday so I could talk about this movie? <laughs> this Yeah, this movie could have its own podcast. Like not one episode, like like its own podcast. Okay. How many episodes would this podcast be? <laughs> I think 11. Oh, thank you. It would have to be. Was... It would have to be. Yeah. I just I just threw the ball and then you dunked it for me. So I appreciate that. I did. Yeah. Call it I will say that industry. like, that's such a wild Bible verse. It is. They're like I, I didn't I didn't to you. I didn't know it off the top of my head. I'll be really honest. There I've seen plenty of people claiming that like, oh yeah. Jeremiah 11, oh. 11. Oh, Obviously, yeah, I perfect choice. Knew that one off the top of my head. No, you don't. The only verse from Jeremiah you have memorized is 29, 29 11. 11. Don't yeah. even lie to me. But it's like... Which is so much more positive in retrospect. It's one of those things oh, that like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you see a Bible verse, you're like, how bad can it really be? And then you look it up and you're like, that bad? Okay, cool. Got it. It can be bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Everything yeah. is pointless, the verse. But... I, you can, though, if you even have, like, the basic understanding of Jeremiah as a prophet, you can sort of infer what that verse is about. It's, like, it's prophecy. It's, like, oh, this is going to be, like, one of those, like, the end is nigh kind of ideas. So but I think it works even if you aren't, like, oh, that exact verse is this. I think my brain didn't even try to comprehend it. It was one of those things where I, like, I locked the verse down and was, like, okay, Jeremiah eleven eleven, look that up when the movie's over. And we're not going to yeah. think about that until it's over. But then the movie oh, is like, and they're like tied. A pulp fiction thing. But then the movie is like, they're tied 11 to 11. And I'm just like, okay, movie, chill. I'm going to look it up afterward. Right. Anyway, well, it's 11, right. 11 at night. I'm like, well, no, shut up. Because I was, when it started, when that started happening. Well, there's two of everyone. When that started happening, I was so hung up on the crawdaddy thing. And like terrified by that, that like I wasn't thinking about like, oh, this is, I knew it was the Bible verse, but I still wasn't thinking about like, what does the Bible verse possibly mean? I was like, this ain't good. Yeah, And I definitely had that thought, because I saw this with my girlfriend, right? I definitely had that thought. I'm like, hey, if we move this whole thing forward and, you know, we're we're living together in the future and we're at a beach house and I tell you we need to get the Fortnite out of here, then we need to get the Fortnite out of here. None of this, none of this Gabriel crap where you're like, nah, babe, it's fine. Everything is good. I'm just going to watch the Giants game. Everything be fine. You're just overreacting a little bit. It's just the beach. She's just going to think that you want to play Fortnite and she's going to be very confused. And so, yeah, it depends. That's going to sound weird on the other end of this podcast, John. (laughs) You do not know the joke you just made. Had they moved it to Revelation 11.11, it would have been, but after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and terror struck those who saw them. And I think I think that would have worked, it's too. It's close, but three and a half days, I don't know. You gotta all right, all right, here you go. Here you go. Challenge for the podcast listener. I'm pointing downward like I'm in a YouTube video, but whatever. Challenge for the podcast listener. Look up verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 11 of every book in the Bible, and tell me which ones would have worked, if not Jeremiah 11.11. Please comment on our Facebook page. Thank you. I like I can how you hear- outsource this i can hear nathaniel miller our resident preacher in the facebook group being like i got this i already know him <laughs> he's like out of 66 books i'm about 55 there give me two seconds right yeah genesis genesis is a uh, not so good not a barn burner no and after he became the father of a of a farks a farks ad <laughs> what? Shem lived 500 years and had other sons and daughters <laughs> is that okay. a name this is all family tree uh-huh. stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't quite. Dude, yeah. Genesis eleven eleven, you cowards. I also okay. Right. A, a, another challenge for the podcast listener: Jeremiah eleven eleven. Which translation scares you the most? King James. Always. King, yeah, King James is just. I mean, the him. birth of Christ in King James is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Therefore, I, say I tell it you, to this you. one would have been great. Yeah. 
Matthew eleven eleven New International Version. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Uh, I don't know about that one. There's nobody that's in this a, movie named John. That's like an awkward name I drop. Know. Yeah, there is an Abraham though. There is an Abraham, which I thought Gabriel, was an interesting. Is that supposed to be? Yeah, Gabriel and Abraham. I was I've been looking for that significance there and trying to figure that one out. I did notice that because uh, I looked this up, Zora. Her uh, shirt has a word on it that translates to rabbit. Yep, in Vietnamese. Yeah, and, uh, I thought that was like, that's fun. That's just good times, like sprinkling things in there. Oh, and to call it back to a podcast joke we made a few weeks ago, this is why you don't trust people that have stick families in their cars. <laughs> that's oh right. my God, right? Because they even... <coughs> if that stick family shows up outside of your house, run. Yeah, if, you're, <laughs> if your stick family, looking exactly like your stick family, only dressed in red, stands... Yeah, shows up on your on your front driveway. Yeah, just just run. Don't even call the cops. Get in your boat and just book it. Yeah, get it. Get yeah. into Crawdaddy and go. Man, what a suspenseful movie. I I legitimately was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know where this is going. Like, how are they gonna get out of this? And that's what a good horror movie does. Like, and I it never was so once was like, oh man, I know they're gonna make it. Yeah, it was so like it's that it's that moment. Where, again, not to bring it back to Hitchcock for any reason other than just, like, it's that moment at the end of the birds where they're they're walking out and they're driving out and the birds are everywhere, but they're not attacking. But the whole movie. Because you're just, you're just yeah. waiting for that, that moment to drop. And it never does. Now I'm spooked. I'm supposed to sleep tonight, is what you're saying? Yeah, you guys have me spooked It is 10.30 here, John. <laughs> this is a true fact about... I know, right? This is a true fact about what I've been doing this whole podcast. I've been... I've had videos of just puppies playing... <laughs> True fact. Literally, about Tyler the whole Carlin's time. computer. That's why you were making those faces. I was curious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True facts about the Chameleon. I thought you just thought Chameleon. us was cute, but no, it's just the puppies. No, the puppies are cute. So, what was what was y'all's favorite part of this movie? What moment really did it for you? Uh, for me, it was when Adelaide asks Red, "Who are you?" and she says, "We're Americans." Because it was my favorite part because that's when I realized that us was United States too. And that's when the movie kind of clicked for me. And I was like, oh, this is a smart movie. And so I have been I've been laboring under the impression because you, John Negroni, do the thing where every time you tweet the name of a movie, it's in all capitals. Mm-hmm. So I've been I was laboring under the impression for a few months that this movie was called Capital U, Capital S. Mm. And I was like, there's no way that's going to be a coincidence. Yeah. I didn't get that at all. I thought about that because of you. Well, I I am glad yes. that I could lead you the opposite of astray. I also, I love reading your tweets out because my head voice screams the names of the movies whenever <laughs> I see you in t- tweeting in capitals. It's I only little... do that because you can't italicize. I mean, you can, but not everybody sees it italicized. No, know. for sure. I, I completely get why you do it. But okay. when I'm reading it in my brain, it's just you screaming the... The word, the names of the Good. movies. I just didn't want you to think it was like a weird quirk, like a weird flex that I was doing. I was like, oh, that's just John's thing. The first time I saw it. John just does that while he's wearing AirPods is what he does. The first time I saw it, I was like, why does this dude do this for every movie? And then I was like, oh, oh duh, it's just because you can't. Yeah, it's just a way to distinguish the movie title. Right. Especially yeah, with, cause... you know. We get more and more bonkers movie titles as the years go on. Right, because if you do like quotes or like, you know, you know, I don't know. It's not as fun. You really want yeah. it to stand out. I, I like to put the year in the parentheses after the movie title. That's fine. I, I like to do that. I like to do that in casual conversation just to annoy people. Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking about uh, A New Hope 1977? <laughs> <laughs> Where I'll be like texting somebody and I'll... That's oh. such a well because that that will also ensure that wait what 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 is who's will actually I, oh I was listening to you but uh, I said that's such a well actually thing 
Oh, 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 oh. I thought you said yeah, that's... that will, that's, actually. I was like... Not love, is, actually. I do love love, actually. Yeah. Not I, to bring hey, what's with the Frisbee? What's with the Frisbee on the towel? It's just a coincidence. Yeah, it was like the red on blue, right? It was foreshadowing. Oh, okay. Uh, I gotta watch this movie again, because I have a feeling I know, right? there are a bunch um, of things like that. There are a bunch of things like that that like should include you in. And then there's just that wild moment where he sees the girl dripping blood, and I was like, okay, that's mm. on the nose. Yeah, and it, I didn't. I didn't catch until the end, right? That that guy had killed his tether too. Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 for sure. And then he just he does the obvious kid in a horror movie thing where he Fortnite draws it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was. A, yeah, did you guys not thing. do that when you were a kid? Just draw all of your deepest, darkest. Because that's such a like that's such a horror movie trope where I was like, oh, here we go. All right, this is where the movie's gonna start going off the rails, and it didn't. That was the one moment where I was like, he drew it. I was like, oh, drew okay. it from a camera behind him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually didn't third give person this too limited much perspective. From, did you guys have anything deep from the Chewbacca mask? Because I never really. I, I didn't, didn't think, think the it. fact that it was Chewbacca was that important. Okay. But I think it was also another red herring where it was like the the kid. You know, if they switched masks, you wouldn't know. Okay. Right. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I also thought that the kid in the Chewbacca mask was adorable, and the kid in the completely white ski mask and a red jumpsuit was the actual stuff of nightmares. Yeah, especially when he crawled around on the floor like a spider person. Yeah, because you were asking about favorite parts, and one of my favorite parts was when uh, Gabe kills the guy with the motor because I did yes. not see that coming, and that was so good. <laughs> like, I, yes. I, my mouth, my jaw was agape, as I think I told the Simholics listeners. I oh. love Winston Duke in that part. I really do. I really do think it works because I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's just like gentle comic relief because mm-hmm. Gabe's such Necessary. a goob. All right, we I think yeah, it's it is wrap up time. time. I. We talked a lot about a movie this we week. We did that last we week, too. To these horror Winston movies. Duke stuff out. Yeah. What? You, you can't stop. You can't wrap up until you mention Winston Duke. And we did. So there you go. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I thought he was great. He could have been a great Black Panther if they had given him the, the purple flower. Huh. But they didn't. Yeah. He decided to give it to T'Challa. Selfless. T'Challa. Oh, what a great part. What a great role. M'Baku. Oh, Oh, yeah. Next level character. You know what blows my mind? Maybe this is like insensitive of me to even think that I wouldn't be able to remember their names. But my ability to remember the names of the characters in Black Panther makes me pretty proud of myself. Oh, yeah. Well, they're very memorable. Okoye and... Oh, yeah. That's another movie where Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke are in the same movie. In the movie together, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just yep. dawned on me. How fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Daniel Kuyala <laughs> from Get Out. Daniel Kaluuya, yeah, yeah, he was in Kaluuya, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Was, he was Wakabi. Yeah, you, you're right, you're right. We didn't mention Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who was uh, the dad in the beginning, because he was in uh, Aquaman as Black Manta. So that was cool to see him again. I have not seen Aquaman. I have not either, but I think it's available on iTunes now. Okay, well, I'm going to wait for you guys to do a whole DC thing, because, mm-hmm. right, right? Okay, maybe not. It may happen, honestly. We may have to dive into it. We may, we might you we did, might take the DC revival. You did Dark Knight so, and Dark Knight Rise. Yeah, you did. you did a few of them. We did the Nolan verse. Well, yeah, yeah. Now we you can Nolan do. Verse. You know, Batman nineteen eighty nine is about to do its thirtieth anniversary. So I do love those Batman movies. Yeah. I really do. Oh, Michael Keaton Batman. John, here's here's my podcast idea. John, mm-hmm. is we sit down and we look at parallel DCEU to MCU mm-hmm. release date. Mm-hmm. Right. So like Iron Man up against Man of Steel, and then Incredible Hulk against Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then Iron Man two versus. Wonder Woman. And it's like, did DC really have that many misses, or are we just forgiving the MCU because it was over 10 years Was well, it ago? quantity over quality, I guess is what you're alluding to? No, they just haven't had enough time to put it together. It's not time, though. It's it, like, it's like there's just way more movies coming from Marvel. Well, that's the thing, is that, like, yeah, you, like, every time there's a DC movie that comes out, you get to compare it to whatever 
chronologically, it would have been against the MCU counterpart. Okay, okay, you got something there. Because I think I think what you find out is that the the DC extended universe may not be in as bad a shape as we thought. I mean, it's not anymore because you guys are about to oh, find out. Oh, definitely not. Because Aquaman and Shazam. Shazam's but, gonna kick um, ass. <clears throat> Kick-Ass was okay. Uh, we do need to wrap the podcast up. Uh, in addition to being brought to you by Carlin Brothers Coffee, this episode of Bacon and Eggs is also brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Uh, you can join our Patreon for as little as $1 a month. $3 a month, you start getting perks like our amazing Discord server. That is the best value you will find for anything on Patreon ever. It is an amazing community. Uh, I spend so much time in our Discord server. I think I looked at my screen time recently and it was like three hours a day just chatting with people about stuff from bacon and eggs. Um, yeah, John Negroni will but- occasionally read your message and not say anything ever. Yeah, he could he could chime in anytime. Uh, but one of our other perks is the ability to sponsor a message in this show to say whatever you want or to have Ethan and I say whatever you want us to say. So this sponsorship message comes from Rachel Dickhausen. She says, there has never been a sadness that can't be cured by breakfast food. That's a Ron Swanson quote. Thanks. <laughs> Love it. Love that. All right. Any final thoughts? Anything you guys got burning in your bosoms? Yeah, I'm going to die. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> by a pair Eventually. Of Probably not. I would I... say my breakfast food for this movie is strawberries. I could get with that. Mine's mine's rabbit. What's the rabbit? Is it rabbit stew? Is it, you got a carrots? Is Wrong. there a word for like rabbit meat that isn't like, like you call deer venison? Venison? I don't know. Is there, a question. is there like a gourmet word for rabbit? Help us, Google. Ra- your ra- yeah, no, it's, it's again, it's dry fruit loops and strawberries. Mm, that's There you go. That's what I think. It, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I do not like having Googled rabbit meat. There's a lot of recipes in here that look just... <laughs> <laughs> and now your search history is forever tainted. Seriously, you're right. going to start getting ads for like... <laughs> The seedy kind of blue apron. Get a Red Rider BB gun. You kill rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> the, the blue apron that ships you rabbit meat. Yeah. <laughs> it's the special. You got to you got to type in code Fortnite. Me up, fam, at checkout. All <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so where does this go on the big board? Uh, I have to find the big board. Zach emails me or direct messages me every uh, week and is like, "Hey, you started to fix it and then you messed it up. So don't worry, I went ahead and fixed it for you." And uh, but let's start at the bottom. Uh, Fifty-two. Why are we starting at the bottom? Fifty-two is Venom. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> ah, got it. Fifty-two is Venom, and then twenty-one is Transformers. Twenty is Crimes of Grindelwald. Nineteen is Lego Movie Two. Eighteen is National Treasure. Seventeen Ralph Breaks the Internet. Sixteen Lego Batman. Fifteen Emperor's New Groove. Fourteen Bumblebee. Thirteen Miracle. Twelve Princess Bride. Eleven Toy Story. Ten Batman Begins. And nine Get Out. Is it better than yep. Get Out? Okay. Eight Dark Knight Rises. Is it better? Yeah. Yeah. Seven Toy Story Two. Is it better? Yeah. Probably. John. I would say yeah. Okay. Six Interstellar. Is no. It yes. But I can't. Argue argue this one <laughs> you last week i gave you free reign to move it you did Ugh. not put it as high as i thought oh, yeah because i didn't want to toy story what interstellar is amazing interstellar higher than interstellar is amazing Come on. it's yeah. not higher than toy story 3 this is why i didn't push it that far anyway i'm not going to keep arguing think, so you can't think about i'm so glad john is here to think agree about with bacon me. eater think about bacon eater right uh john how to train your dragon 3 versus us oh us yeah toy story 3 versus us 
Um, oh man, that's like a deadlock for me. Yeah, Ethan. Here's the thing: is I genuinely think I liked this better than Captain Marvel. But I is Captain Marvel above Toy Story three? <coughs> it is. It's right yeah. above. What are you guys up to? All right. Uh, I saw Captain Marvel like the same day I learned I was having a daughter. I'm here for Captain yeah. Marvel. Okay. All right. There's yeah. some there's some definite like there's some definite happiness factor that goes into the Captain Marvel rating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say this is so, better than Toy so Story here we are, three strategically. Here we are at the top four. Is one Dark Knight, two Jurassic Park, three Captain Marvel, four Toy Story. I'd put this as number three. I would rather have this over. You want to put it over Captain Marvel? I don't think I'm allowed to put it over Captain Marvel. I think that that's a uh, locked off. No, 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 no. Th- those were locked. Those were locked, were locked from Interstellar. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think this is a better movie than Captain Marvel. Oh, I think it's more masterfully crafted. Oh. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I would at least like to put it over Toy Story 3. But if I, I know that you truly didn't like this movie as much as you liked Captain Marvel, Tyler. So if you want to keep it under Captain Marvel, I'm fine with that. All right, we'll put it in four. But I think yeah. this is a, a masterwork. Because it's not better than Dark Knight or Jurassic Park. No, those are masterpieces. I'm just a little annoyed because Princess Bride should be number two. But okay, let it, I'll let it go. That's last year's... No, that's oh, this I'm year. I'm sorry. Princess Bride is 12. You're right. I don't that's know. That's just me being I, me. I, maybe. Maybe maybe I don't have the nostalgia factor other people do with Princess Bride. I don't know if Ethan you do. Okay. I uh, I definitely appreciate it as an adult. I think it's a wonderful film. I think there's like a lot of gap from I'd say below Bumblebees where there's a big gap. Then it's Emperor's New Groove, Lego Batman, Rock Breaks the Internet, National Treasure, Lego Movie Two, Crimes of Grindelwald, Transformers. G- give me a call when you guys do Mask of Zorro because that's my favorite movie of all time. Since John, you, your name do has been you down think for Mask that of we're going to cover Mask of Zorro without you. <laughs> I would be so pissed. <laughs> like, do like, you oh, we really have this guy. He had never seen it, so he watched it for the first time. His name's Hank. He works at the Seven Eleven down the street. He's great. Right. <laughs> there's, there's like very limited scenarios in which I would like, like if you were like, oh, I can't that week. I'd be like, okay, we'll, we'll move, move it. it. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll I mean, do if, Legend like, of Zorro first. <laughs> if right. you know, if like Hank Green calls me up and is like, I want to talk about. The Mask of Zorro. I'll be like, sorry, John. I'll be like, are you okay with talking about it with John Negroni? <laughs> I, it's okay. If you guys talk about it, you just have Antonio, Antonio Banderas. I, I understand he's been giving you guys a few right. calls. So that's I mean, I, if I, I can get Antonio Banderas on to talk about a movie, I don't it's think I'd pick itself? The Mask of Zorro. Please make it life itself. I haven't seen I would, that. I mean, I I'd pay so much money. We do, we do not have the pull you think we have. <laughs> I don't think You'll you, I, th- I don't think Antonio Banderas has the pull that you think he has. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, that, that might be true also. He's like, wait, you guys would actually let me be on Bacon of Eggs? Okay. Uh, but, what? Uh, yeah, sure. It sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would come on with his extremely thick accent he's never lost at all. He's a treasure. Hey, I loved him in Evita and Spy Kids. I like musicals, Tyler. I don't know where you're getting this. I just didn't like The Greatest Showman. Greatest Snowman. Greatest Showman's a trash fire. As is Elsa. Frozen. I like Frozen. She's not a trash fire. That's Adina Menzel. Hot take, I I guess, but I like musicals, but I don't think a lot of great musicals have come out in the 21st century. I don't either. I'm I'm firmly on board with that. I think that we have well and truly lost the art of especially the movie musical. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Um, They're happening on Broadway, but you know, that's not. Yeah. And I would definitely, I would take like The King and I over Greatest Showman 500 times out of 500. Singing in the rain. I would take Har- Hairspray 2007. I would take over Greatest Showman. So I would take the Hot King and I over, over Bold Hairspray. Call. I love me some classic movie musicals. I'll be real with you. Anyway, I think that's all we- the time we have for today. It's a good note I, to end. It, it is. I believe we're over. It is a good note. Um, John, where can we find you? You can find me on. Uh, so I I have my own website now, like my own publishing like thing called Cinemahogs.com, where we do written reviews and our podcasts. 
So it's super easy. Just go to cinemaholics.com and you'll find all our stuff. And it's awesome. And I have they- a new book coming out, guys. Killer oh Joy no way. is having a sequel. Yeah. And it's coming out in a couple months. It's yes. called Vanguard. I knew and this. If you haven't, if you haven't um, read Killer Joy yet, I'm doing a special giveaway. Uh, find me on Twitter and DM me. First 10 people who DM me and request Killer Joy in paperback or ebook will get a free copy. So my Twitter is John Agurney. So just hit me up. And my DMs are can open. We do, can we do, um, I like that idea. Can we also do a giveaway? Do you do Instagram? Mm-hmm. Do you, does Cinemaholics have an Instagram? It does. Uh, did you see the giveaway we did for Get Out? Mm, did I? Because I was listening to that episode. Maybe it's sweet. Yeah, we, you, the, your guest was awesome, by the way. We gave away a Blue Yeti, one of these microphones. Oh yeah, with all that, the yeah, he had the, the artwork drawings, on yeah. it and stuff. That's right. Anyway, so I, w- I would like to give away a signed copy of Killer Joy. Oh, we can pay you, you for that if you want. It? No, you would sign it. <laughs> You you would sign it, John. That would be trickier because I I don't have an easy way of signing the books and shipping them out. But we'll pay for everything. yeah. I mean we'll we'll we'll, co- <laughs> we'll front the cost for that. That's what we're saying. We would just like to. <laughs> All right. Well, let's make it happen. I mean, do you do you, is okay, it, do you have I'll, a copy available? Like, or do you need to go yeah. to Barnes and Noble and like? I can do it. I have many copies. I can sign one, ship it out, and then you can try it. You can enter for that, or you can DM me and get a non-signed copy as well. Fair. That works. What is yeet? Cool. Well, well, we'll work all the details of that out between now and the time that this posts. Sweet. Um, that's a great idea, Tyler. You've been killing it with these ideas. Love it. Killer Killer Joy, by the way, is a fantasy. It's Lord of the Rings meets Watchmen. So check it out. It's epic. Is there an audio book form, not graphic novel form? The audio book is almost done. Almost it was supposed done. to be out a couple months oh. ago, but know, yeah, been... it's going to be on Audible pretty soon. I'm so excited. Just like DM me the day that happens. Same here. I can't wait. And uh, yeah, Vanguard, the sequel comes out in a couple months. The release date is forthcoming. Tentative. TBD. Anyway, um, I'm Ethan Edgehill. I do not have a book coming out anytime soon. Um, I got to finish a book first. That's the step one for that. But you can find me on Twitter at WowNowButTheOzerZeros. You can find me on Instagram at BaconEthan. You can find Tyler on Twitter and Instagram at AmeriCarlin. You can find the show at Bacon and Eggs Pod. Uh, our sponsor today was Carlin Brothers Coffee. And if you want to get Carlin Brothers Coffee for yourself, you can get 10% off by using code BACON at checkout. Or you can go to carlinbrotherscoffee.com slash discount slash bacon. If you want to join the Discord and have your messages creepily read by John Negroni, but he'll never respond ever, I promise. Uh, you can join that at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. It is three whole American dollars a month. For less than the price of one Lego coffee per year, which is $37, you can get access to our Discord. Uh, I think that's everything. Oh, our music is by the lovely Andrew Scott Bell now, because we, since the last time... Student Oscar Student Oscar winning, yeah. Since the last time John was on, we've gotten new theme music. I don't even think we had any theme music last time John was on, but now we have had two theme musics. And our... Artwork is by Vaishan Brandon. If you want to hear an episode of the podcast with Vaishan, he was on last week talking about Get Out, and we just gave away a super rad microphone with his drawings on it. Anyway, I think that's everything. Uh, unless you guys have anything else to say? Nope. I'll take your ringing silences and endorsement for, endorsement for me to finish the episode. Um, that's going to be... I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin. Him over there from the internet in California has been John Negroni. Until next time, Arrivederci. Adelaide.